I saw an undiscovered creature climbing on the mountainside. Welcome everyone to All About All Elite for the week of March 30th, 2019, where we find ourselves one week away from the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden, one month away from NWA's Crockett Cup, and two months away from AEW's Double or Nothing. What a time to be a wrestling fan. What a time to join us on this podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and today we will talk Jim Ross. We'll talk Dustin Rhodes. We'll talk a little Brian Pillman Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk Ace Romero in uh, MLW, the Legacy Series, of course, in our final hour, there is a bounty on the head of heavyweight champion Shane Strickland. We'll talk NWA, 10 pounds of gold, and Road to Double or Nothing. It's a stacked show, so let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. I am the LOP Mystic, a.k.a. your one-man hype band, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, by God, my learned colleague. Mr. Miz fan, the brain. Greetings, Miz fan fans. Welcome indeed to another episode of All About All Elite. We do have so much to talk about today, and we never seem to have enough time to do it. So let's jump right into it, my friend. Where shall we begin? I don't know what's more uh, confusing for me as an old person trying to watch current pro wrestling, getting overwhelmed by all the new wrestling styles, or trying to follow the news and rumors, because if you have listened to this show weeks and weeks ago, maybe you remember our reporting that Jim Ross had joined uh, AEW, signed a three-year deal, million-dollar contract, and now, basically that didn't happen, but I think it's happening now, so I think we're going to report this very same thing, have the same speculations, because Jim Ross has come out officially and said his WWE contract is coming to an end, it may be over, uh, by uh, today, yesterday, tomorrow, but it's the end of the month. And so Jim Ross now has said that his people are talking to AEW and that he believes they are days away from signing a contract. And he says the very th- same things that we speculated weeks ago, that he could see himself assisting the company by either being an announcer or working uh, backstage. So um, what we have known forever seems to be coming to fruition here Miss Van. Uh, indeed, and it's um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, apart from this show, I honestly steer away from uh, all these rumors and uh, quote-unquote news items because they do seem to be uh, wrong or just a little bit off as often as they are right. Um, and that comes from a combination of uh, people reporting honestly what they have been told and uh, having been told wrong or having something changed that they didn't know about or people just making stuff up, which certainly happens at times uh, or just making assumptions. So um, seems to be, I believe from the horse's mouth here is Jim Ross saying it yes. himself. Although you can't trust that either because nope. uh, worker is going to work. So, you know, it's a, it's a confusing. Which we will talk things. about again. Oh yes. In this, uh, this segment. So, many, yes. many times over the course of the show. I have no doubt. Uh, yeah. Jim Ross to AEW. I'm still not thrilled about this. Uh, it's not fresh. I don't have confidence that he's going to have that same value to the product that people maybe think that he would have. Um, 
not as a commentator, and you reminded me on the last show that he's responsible for Bloody Jack Swagger, so now <laughs> I don't even know if I want him backstage. So I don't know. If he is, he is. And, uh, you know, God knows he's got some good history, so maybe he'll be able to kind of revitalize that. It's not my first choice, but it's not a deal breaker, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think because we've already talked it out, I don't feel one type of way about it, so okay. maybe he'll do well, maybe he won't. I understand the inclination to go uh, with Jim Ross because he has been such a name and he has so much experience backstage. I like it in that well, we, we will get in the, into this later. We will we will also have a segment today where we will update our opinions. What is our if we could only watch one matchup at Double or Nothing? What are we highest on right now? What stock is falling? What stock is rising? And if you listened to the show last week, you know the Young Bucks Lucha Bros for me that stock plummeted. It it fell faster than the 2008 stock market crash, and I am not exaggerating that. I this was the first week of this show that I didn't even want to do the research because every time I saw Young Bucks or Lucha Bros, I got a little bit got a little bit sick to my stomach. But I'll save all that for later. But Jim Ross, I like that maybe he is a tie-in with Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is the only thing I like right now. He's the only visionary of the group that I can put even a little faith in for what I like in pro wrestling. So do I like that? Yes. Uh, can Jim Ross? I, I'm speaking secondhand because I don't watch Jim Ross. I haven't watched him in WWE in years. I haven't watched him when he does outside work. But I know there's been a lot of bad reviews. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't like him as a human being as far as like his I don't like his temperament, let me say that, when I when I listen to him talk. So the only thing I could like is if he's an announcer and he does a damn good job and you know I don't know. I don't care really. I don't care. <laughs> See you that's know. where I am too, is I honestly don't even care that much about Jim Ross coming or not, except insofar as I'm afraid he will tank the product in some way. Okay. I can't really imagine a world where he's like a huge asset or anything, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's scary because even in the um Road to Double or Nothing, we had guys like Stark it's about Starcast at times, so you had older WCW guys hyping. And I don't I, I didn't like seeing Scott Hall and Eric Bischoff because it a lot of these guys, I feel like you've swindled enough promotions, <laughs> you know, and Jim Ross, even though you can't say that about him, it's another guy who he's clear, like, if you can get money, go get money. But sure. I don't fucking care about your bank account, like either contribute something worthwhile or stay away. And like, I don't want Eric Bischoff giving advice on what AEW should or shouldn't do. So mm. there's a lot, you know, it's all complicated because we try to keep it complicated and I am actually someone who thought that Hogan and Bischoff did not ruin TNA. So I'm not just making the obvious easy statements, but I am saying these guys actually have their own buzz. And whether I like some of that buzz or not, it's their buzz. And they don't need any of these guys to um, – they don't need the name value of a Jim Ross or an Eric Bischoff. Like if you're going to be around, you need to contribute something in 2019 that is worthy of your paycheck or you don't need to be there. It's that simple. Indeed, and I think it also bears mentioning that uh, whether you think Hogan and Bischoff ruined TNA or not, uh, perception is king in this case, and uh, mm. that brand was damaged irrevocably by using the wrong people at the wrong time, so you got to be aware of that. Dustin Rhodes. Okay, so here's another one. <laughs> Rumors came out that Dustin Rhodes' contract expired with WWE. 
that he was under a 90-day no-compete, but it might have been earlier, so he might be able to wrestle at um, double or nothing, and based on a little bit of wordplay that we'll talk about in the next uh, Road to Double or Nothing video later in the next segments, people started to think we're going to see Dustin Rose versus Cody, and then uh, Dustin comes out almost immediately with a tweet saying, I am still under contract with WWE and everything that is being said is just talk and complete bullshit. This is exactly why I hate smart marks. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, as I suppose the default smart mark, uh, I apologize, Dustin. Um, yeah, I don't know. People like to dig around too much, maybe. And like I said, they make assumptions, they give wrong information, or, you know, sometimes wrestlers are just lying. And yeah. sometimes they're lying to kind of make a future story more interesting. And sometimes they're lying just because second nature in this kind of business. <laughs> so, um, Dustin's old school. He, he's going to work. Um, but I kind of tend to believe him in this situation. People have been, uh, creating this Cody Rhodes gold dust match for like a decade. You know, people want to believe that it'll happen and I'm not even opposed to it happening at some point, but I don't think it'll happen at double or nothing. I don't want it to happen at double or nothing. It wouldn't make sense with the way they built it. It wouldn't make sense that Brandy is worried that Cody's opponent will like viciously destroy his <laughs> knee or cripple him or retire him or something. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to really fit anything. So Cody's just out here, you know, teasing things for the sake of creating confusion. Dustin is probably not leaving WWE. Uh, you know, they'd be nuts if they didn't just put him on as a trainer or an agent or something because he's such a wonderful talent, a wonderful mind. And uh, I feel like they'll want to hang on to him. So I'm, I'm just very doubtful about the whole situation. I pray to God that WWE will, will see the value and sign him up to a lifetime deal. Sure. The last thing I want in this world, if it was Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes at double or nothing, based on everything else I've got to say today, I, I might be full stop done with uh, this company Dang. because I'm already a little bit low on other things. And if Cody, like, why, why would they be wrestling? And if we ever, ever get a feud where they're like half shooting, dragging Dust, Dusty Rhodes' dead body in oh, the ring no. to talk about like that, which son was treated this way and this son and all this bullshit, then yeah. Somebody has to be the person who does old school wrestling and old school stories. And if it's not going to be Cody, I don't think it's going to be any of them. So I don't need them shooting on each other. I don't need, like, why would he be going in to wrestle Cody on his first day? Like, is there a problem already? And if so, it's not one that we've been shown. So it must be in their past story. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine that happening uh, okay. for as respectful as they have been about Dusty. If somehow he does come in, I'm going to have to assume it's not as some sort of vengeful family situation. Like it'll, it'll be just a match, you know, like okay. between the two guys and maybe like some, somebody comes out to attack them both afterwards. Uh, that that's more palatable to me. Cause uh, I love Dustin. I absolutely do. I think he could have a very good match with Cody, but no, I don't want to see that feud that you're talking about. That that gives me shivers up my spine. So if it happens, do not make it that for the love of God, but I don't think they would anyway, so I'm going to put some faith in them here. All right. Okay, so those are kind of the rumors going around. I just read uh, this morning as I was getting ready an interview with Brian Pillman Jr., who will be apparently at StarCast, and he says that he believes that uh, they, would, they would want to use him 
uh, for the show. I guess he's talking about Double or Nothing since he's there, but he doesn't know. Uh, but he also tells a story, which is nice. He says, it, near the very beginning of his career, he met Cody Rhodes at a Prairie Wrestling Alliance show. And uh, Cody, he said Cody is very generous with his time. They sat on the floor for 20 or 30 minutes, talk, and Cody was talking to him about what it's like to be a legacy coming into the sport and, and all that comes with that. So a little history there, and we will apparently see Brian Pillman Jr. in Las Vegas. Yeah, potentially so. I always assume they must have more people committed, at least to the Battle Royals, yes. than they've let on. Because when they were signing Ace Romero, they were like, oh, do we still have the budget for this? And I'm like, you've got like three people in this Battle Royale. <laughs> you must have a lot more people if you're asking that question. So, yeah, I don't doubt that they'll be trying out some new people, probably some people also from All In. With StarCast being there, you know, the benefit is you're going to have a lot of people there, past and present, to draw on. So, yeah, I doubt, I don't doubt that we'll see a lot of interesting people in that, uh, in that place. Man. Starcast 2 is almost, I don't know, if I was there, I would be more excited about that, because they keep they keep adding. I don't, I, but I don't know, are we going, how many Starcasts, are we going to see a Starcast? You know, it seems like it, it could wear thin pretty easily if they keep doing them, because I think there was an announcement, or at least a low-key hint, that we're getting um, all in two from the same building, and maybe there was a date, but... You know. Yeah, I haven't seen a date yet, but I heard that same rumor, which is nice because I'd like to be able to go. I didn't get to go to the first All In because uh, I had a prior other wrestling commitment, um, but uh, I, I should be able to go to this one if it's at a similar date. So I would love to do that. Okay, so a lot happening, and it's weird to start off the show with uh, rumors of Jim Ross, Dustin Rose, and Brian Pillman Jr. But. <laughs> What? We're doing the Legacy Series WCW again? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like we are sometimes, but... Yeah, it's, it's a very... These are the Cody-heavy episodes. <laughs> um, being the elite, we're not covering this week. There's one funny line. I'll get to that, but okay. other than that... that no. a, one funny line in a 20-minute video sounds about right for our yeah. take on being the elite, so... I'm sure the whole thing is funny, too. Like, 175,000 people who <laughs> watch it every time. Yeah, and I don't begrudge them at all. It's just not my kind of thing, so there yeah. you go. So let's go with NWA. This is... um, I'm not sure what the hell is going on, to be honest with you. I am a little underwhelmed. I got good things, a couple of good things to say, but we see, finally, there's been zero. So Miz fan... I still have a month, and Miz fans are about to be right about this because we've not seen one one time Marty Scurll talking to an NWA camera, and it's been my hope that they're just saving that. But man, we get a Ring of Honor face to face, the first face to face since the only face to face, and man, you got to do more. Maybe they're waiting till after G One uh, Supercard, but we got Nick Aldis coming out and uh, turning heel in this. Um, He's going. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> so uh, the video, yeah, we see first Jay Lethal and I think Matt Taven, who I have a hard time recognizing him for generic reasons. Um, I would think so. <laughs> they're arguing over the Ring of Honor Championship. We see Marty Skrull has added himself to the uh, Madison Square Garden title match between them. I think there may be a ladder involved, although they don't mention it uh, here. But uh Kind of as expected, yes. Girl kind of going right to the top of the Ring of Honor as uh, um, he uh, is one of the most popular people remaining there. 
Um, we go to the ring. We see Caprice Coleman again talking about the Crockett Cup. And I got to say again, the NWA is really feeling like the mid-card division yeah. of Ring of Honor or like, yeah, a subdivision, um, which is not, I imagine, what they're going for, but it's kind of how it's coming out. I didn't necessarily agree with you until this week, but, man, you're spot on right now because Nick Aldis, the heavyweight champion, is very salty, and it's all about pretty much Marty Scurll likes this other company better, and he's doing things with them, and I am. You remember you you remember we're wrestling, right? right? We have <laughs> yeah. a feud, right? A little, little bit desperate here. Um, a little bit. <clears throat> so, yeah, this was a strange promo. Like you said, it seemed like uh, all this was turning heel, but I don't know. A lot of the stuff he said was kind of weird to me. Like, it didn't track very well. It's it, it sort of... It was built up a little bit because we talked about how there were like some subtle hints that Elvis was actually like embarrassed last time and was kind of mm-hmm. building up some resentment. But to me, when you're dealing with an embarrassment that you don't want to expose, you don't then just suddenly come out and say, I was embarrassed and now yeah. I'm mad at you. You know, like you want to keep that under wraps unless you have something that triggers you. I guess he got triggered by this Ring of Honor title thing. But I don't even understand why he was mad about that. I didn't like, either. No, I couldn't. I, it, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah, so I, this was very strange to me. I couldn't quite make out everything they were trying to make me get out of this. Because he's not mad that they're wrestling for the belt because he says, we always knew we would wrestle for the NWA title. And so the the thing that would have made sense to me is if he was gonna, going to be mad, it would be, we could have been tag partners. Yeah. You know, but you needed a world title shot, but you're already getting a world title shot. Like, I gave you that shot because you weren't getting shots and you wanted to be a world champion, but now you've got the world title match. And so you could have been world champion, and I could have been world champion, and we could have won the Crockett Cup. Mm. But that's not what he says. He's just, he's mad because he's getting a Ring of Honor shot, but I'm not sure why. But he also says they knew they would wrestle, so it's not, I don't know. Right, like, but, you're still wrestling. It's just, yeah. it's like the same. Um, yeah, I couldn't track it all. Like, was he saying, like, they should have wrestled in Madison Square Garden, but you already knew yeah, about that, that show? Are you, like, crapping on the Crockett Cup now? Because that's, like, yeah. supposed to be your bread and butter. Like, I don't I, I don't get it, you know? This was strange. And is it is it Marty's job to get them booked at Madison Square Garden and talented? <laughs> well, it is, because nobody's booking all this there. Uh, that's for sure. The, yeah, it, the bad thing is it leans into the worst suspicions you had about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure why they went that route. Yeah, I don't get it. None of it really made sense, because, yeah, he was like, I always knew you would challenge me for the title, even though supposedly yeah. he was like so surprised that he challenged yep. him for the title. Uh, and maybe he's just like backlashing because he was embarrassed and now he's trying to like cover, but they just didn't convey that very well. And he's like, Oh, you wait until my guard was down. I was like, To do what? To have a conversation? <laughs> uh, were, were you going to have like a guarded conversation? Yeah. You, you would have preferred that? And he's like, Oh, you, you, you were too early. You shot your <laughs> wad oh. on me. And I'm like, Because why? Like, what, what? Yeah. What does the date of his challenge have to do with how the match goes? Just because you have a lot of time to think about it and make videos by yourself and with uh, <laughs> old NWA champions, you won't stop bothering. Like, I don't get it. And they've been friends for 16 years, and he's been world champion twice and right. built his whole career off that. So 
it could not really have come out of nowhere. Yeah, no, this is I I didn't get especially the Magnus parts. I didn't really get at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, especially very strange. you would think maybe when you're wrestling Cody Rhodes. And this guy's a member of kind of that crew, but he's also was your best friend. Maybe you start thinking about the possibility of it then. Right. And maybe when your friend is actually like a hundred times a bigger star than you are, maybe you think, hey, maybe he's going to come after my channel, my little title at some point. I don't know. It really didn't resonate with me. I was like, I'm your big brother and I'm going to whoop your butt like your daddy. And I'm like, Jesus, man, just stop it. Yes, agreed. The only line I liked from uh, Aldis was, there's a big difference between being a gimmick and being the national treasure. Sure. If he had gone in on that, you know, if he had just come out and said, I thought about it, and I don't respect you because you're yeah. ridiculous. You're a short little man who dresses yeah. like a bird and all, you know, but that wasn't the focus at all. It was very confusing. It was. It felt like, I will say in Aldis's defense, it felt like a promo that he did not write, that somebody like gave to him and maybe he didn't even, like, understand it that well because he seemed to be all over the map and just yeah. kind of, like, hitting certain words really hard, but they didn't really make sense. And I don't know. It, it almost had, like, a like a bad WWE vibe of someone who was just, like, not used to a script. Suddenly they have a script, and it's like, not that he's a great promo anyway, but he's better than this. Like, this was just weird. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Stevie Ray talk about how Every wrestler sometimes forgets calls in the ring, and it really felt like he had just know. forgotten. Like I know, I know what I'm supposed to be saying, but I'm thinking because how does this attach to that, and where do I? How do I get from here to there? It even says at the beginning, um, "I'll take a bit of time to get rolling." <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, then the Marty, of course, comes out as he's been invited. He wants to know why Nick is so salty, which we are still wondering about right now. Um, he tells him, you ever think I, I did this uh, for you? I'm going to be the Ring of Honor champion. You'll be NWA champion. There will be two world titles. This is all we ever could have dreamed of. So again, I don't, I don't get the problem either. So yeah, all of that is true. So Magnus just seems like more of a dummy than he did yeah. before. So uh, I don't get it. And he says that maybe, maybe the reason Nick's behaving like this and not making sense is because Nick knows that I. Uh, the challenger, Marty can beat him, and maybe that's a little bit more than uh, the big brother can handle. So, <laughs> Which would, again, all make more sense if all this was in any way the bigger star than Skrull, yeah. but I don't know. It's just because he's taller, I guess. I don't know. I do want to say props to uh, Jay Lethal and um, Marty and Taven because mm-hmm. they are going to main event Madison Square Garden. Oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah, props to them. Like, I don't even have a whole lot of interest in Ring of Honor, but I kind of want to watch that show just because, like, Madison yep. Square Garden, man, it's a big deal. It's cool. They got some good matches on there. So, I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah, same here. You know, they and they hit a whole different main event. You know, they, they you know, they were still benefiting off Omega and all, and all of them when this came to be. Absolutely. And they're, they're out there doing it, though, and so good for them. And I, I, I am also interested in this, and I am happy happy for this moment it's a big deal and maybe that's awesome maybe yeah god i don't know what to say but i I think ring of honor or i don't know what nwa maybe to get exposure from working with ring of honor and that's good but man i don't like it it's it's not a good look for if they're gonna pretend the belt is prestigious (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of kind of taking it down a notch i think Um, because you got 
the Ring of Honor set, Ring of Honor Mike, and the and the NWA World Champion complaining because oh you're over there at Madison Square Garden with the Ring of Honor. That's just not a good look. It really isn't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, if there's a way for us to watch that show, we can maybe cover it on this program when it comes around. Um, yeah. Where it was a week away. So. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But if we if we can find a way, then maybe two weeks from now that could be the show that we do. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep it in mind for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I actually, at best, that that just maintained what interest or not interest I had, or at worst, it went backwards. So <laughs> not a good, not a good segment. This this many weeks after their first face to face. No, yeah, yeah. For all the, you know, uh, I've been a little critical of some of this stuff, like you mentioned, but overall, like I didn't think it was bad. This was bad, so this is yeah. not helping. I think. I agree. Okay, so NWA takes a hit this week. Maybe they'll get back on their feet with some better storytelling in the weeks to come. As I said, they still have roughly a month before their show. Mm-hmm. Although we are exactly one week away from. Marty's other date, which is Ring of Honor uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. And speaking of other dates, the other thing hanging over all of this is in about, what, like six, eight Mm. weeks? Skrull, you know, his Ring of Honor contract is going to run out. And I just don't see him hanging around either place, you know, unless NWA works with AEW, you know. But uh, all of this could very well be moot very soon, which also has to be looked at. Yeah, all respect to all involved, but I don't see how you don't. When the money's going to be that much better, the opportunity's going to be that much better, and it's your friends, like, why would you not go to AEW? Yeah, I mean, AEW, insofar as it doesn't exist yet, I like, fair enough, I guess. We don't know exactly what it'll look like, but I don't know. If I were looking at Ring of Honor, and I was looking at what AEW has the potential to be, it would not be a hard choice, you know, honestly. And they're signing three or four-year deals, so even if it's not anything... They, you know, they're 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 getting uh, they're establishing themselves for for years to come off of what is not. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll we'll keep you um, posted as to that. I don't think Nick Aldis will be in the building at uh, Madison Square Garden. He'll be watching from home. <laughs> not so. that I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. Oh God. Anyway, road to double or nothing. We got another video that is out. Cody Rhodes says he doesn't want to talk about his knee or Mexico or double or nothing. They actually have a uh, StarCast 2 meeting with um, Conrad and even Tony Schiavone's in the building. <laughs> yep. I don't think he says a word, but he's there. What did he do? He They said he Tony schiavone himself out of an opportunity for with AEW, but I forget. What he did? Man, I don't oh yeah, did he eat okay. somebody's wife? Is that what that means? <laughs> I think there was some kind of after party or something, and maybe Conrad or someone went out of their way to get Tony Schiavone invited so that he could um so meet up with them and maybe have a conversation. And he just kind of no showed the event and decided he didn't want to go out. So <laughs> good for him. That's the self control that Tony <laughs> he won't go crazy again and try to ruin a wrestling promotion. I think he's regretting it now for even being telling that story. <laughs> You know, and that's, that sounds like a, you know, yeah, I made a mistake, but at the same time, if Jim Ross is legit signing the kind of deal for that kind of money, I think poor Tony might be on the outside again. I I prefer Tony in MLW. I, I don't know if I want to see him in a big uh, yeah. 
corporately funded big money corporation again i just you know we've been there and it it scared me it led to some bad things i feel like i'm halfway hanging in and hanging out on everything because like I'm I'm big on Tony right now, but if he shaves that beard, I'm done with him. Right, right. I will the not go backward. That beard is holding in the monster. It is. Who knew? What a story that man's had. <laughs> so he's there, but we get not a single word on camera from him. Uh, four days. Oh, yeah, so StarCast 2 is four days. Two venues, they will be at Caesars Palace. God, did Man. they really say four days? I missed that. Yeah. That's a lot of StarCast, my God. Yeah, it has to be, though, because they got... It's ridiculous. They got uh, Bret Hart will be there, Undertaker will be there, Sting will be there. Sure. Uh, just new stars, old stars, they really got everybody. And that's why I'm wondering. I'm hoping they're not doing these. Like, I don't want to see one in Florida, and I don't think we'll see one. But I would expect to see one in All In. All in so... Yeah, potentially. I don't know. Like, um, wrestling, you know, the big thing in wrestling is like destination uh, travel. So if okay. you're going to go to a place, you know, a lot of people are going a long way. You don't want to come just for like one, yeah. three, four hour block. You want to come and like take your vacation, do a bunch of stuff, have a lot of options, you know. So I, I think it could work, you know, as long as they can bring people in reliably. And if it's profitable, I guess there's no reason they can't. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see different scales of it. But it makes a lot of sense to do, like, extra events around your show right now, so I get it. Yeah. Rumor came out, or word came out, whatever you want to call it, that the resale of the tickets this time is a lot softer than last time. So I think maybe if they were trying to resell tickets for 200 it might be, like, 40 or $50 this time what they're going for. Mm. Well, so it was ridiculous know. last time, so yeah. that's that's fine. <laughs> it is. It's... it's one thing I hate about uh, wrestling conversations is how little context there is. Mm. Like, the whole point is, like, they've fallen off quite a bit. But, you know, at the same time, yes, you know, maybe if, if you track this and it again and again and again it keeps happening, then you say that. But if if you're having one show in the history of ever and you can either be there or not, which is what All In was, it was not AEW All In. It was one show in the history of ever that is going to try to break a record. Yeah. You might pay more money to be to go to something that is the only time ever you can see it, and I mean I'm ex I'm an example of that. I went to All In, and I was really really thinking about going to Double or Nothing, and then I was like, you know what? I can just watch it on pay per view, and I or a fight app or whatever, or I, and I can just go to another show because they're gonna have more shows. So it can also just mean that, but you know we got the assumption always has to come with the report. Maybe sometimes we can just have a report, not an assumption. Uh, it's not just wrestling. It's the modern world. Everything's no, right. got to be a clickbait headline. Yes. Make some crazy speculation and state it as fact. It, it's a very tiring world that we live in. Yeah, I saw kind of the same things. Like, oh, look at these double or nothing, road to double or nothing videos. They don't get enough views. They're not doing mm -hmm. well enough. And That's I'm like, true. okay, did they sell out in four minutes, though? Because, like, yep. you know, it's like... When the chips are down, they've performed fine so far, so I'm just going to wait until something actually happens and not listen to your weird, speculative <laughs> bullshit, so that'll be fine. Well said. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that Cody Rhodes says, again, they, they reiterate this is not a partnership, but it is of the love of pro wrestling that binds StarCast 2 with um, Cody Rhodes and the AEW. Mm. I like this dude. I don't know what his gimmick's supposed to be. I, I had his name last week. I don't know if I have it this week, but he's always at the table with Cody and um, and Brandy. 
Yeah, that little guy. Um, he just I don't know his deal either, but he seems nice. So. He says inappropriate stuff all the time. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I didn't even catch it the first time. I, only in the second time did I realize. Because he... First they ask him, so we get an app. Um, there's now a StarCast 2 app that is pretty impressive. And Brandy's like, are you working on anything uh, for AEW? And he just stutters. And Cody's like, is that a no? And he's got nothing to say. And then later, uh, we find out that there will be a roast. And I guess people are wondering, is it going to be a roast of The Undertaker? Last time they, they roasted Bruce Pritchard, they will be roasting someone this time at StarCast. And then what will they have as the final kind of big things? Like, we'll be having a Talk is Jericho. And then that dude's like, oh, I love Talk is Jericho. <laughs> and he gets, like, really bad looks from Cody and Brandy. And, you know, I had forgotten the first time I watched it. Like, oh, yeah, you're fucking feuding with uh, Chris Jericho. So he just he just says things and... You yeah, know, there was, yeah, a, there was yeah. another one. <laughs> That's his function, yeah, to just be there and say, like, pot-stirring things, I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was a nice little touch, for sure. I hope they don't do a roast of The Undertaker. That that just seems, I don't know. Some of this stuff, like, oh, Undertaker should never speak in public because it'll ruin the mystique. No, that's stupid. I don't agree with that. But a roast of The Undertaker, that's weird. It's like doing a roast of Darth Vader or something. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't track with me, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. But the one thing that I hope that they stay with, I don't know what what footage is. No, they, they show, did they show StarCast? Was there a package maybe you could order StarCast to? Uh, I don't remember. I don't recall. But all, all I know is when Bruce Pritchard and Conrad go on the road, nobody records it, and you never get to see that show ever. And I think that's what StarCast 2 should be. Like, anything yeah. that happens at StarCast 2 should stay at StarCast 2. It should not be viewed by outside eyes. That way, if you want to do things that are, like... I just feel like there's a lot of things that could be fun if you're there. Yeah. That could be a bad look if you're watching on from afar. You know, that's a good point. All right, I'll, I'll accept that. You know, if they make more money by airing all of it, I'm sure that's the way to go. But if that's... But then that wouldn't be AEW, because I don't know. They're not in business together. I, I don't know. Right, you right. Know? And I don't care about Conrad making money. Not at so. all. Hey, he makes money with his mortgages or whatever yeah. he does, so there you go. I'm going to be knocking Conrad a little bit later, so... Oh, I'm okay. I don't know much about Conrad, so I'll be interested in that. <laughs> I just happened on an interesting conversation about the Young Bucks. Oh, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> you know, at the right time, so... Cody Rhodes in the office. They're getting it done. We're, we know this. We got four days of Starcast two coming up. Enjoy that if you're going. Godspeed. And then finally, what have we been asking for a month now? <laughs> we have word from Kenny Omega. So Kenny, uh, we I guess a promo we'll call it since we're calling Jericho's a promo. Uh, any thoughts on the Kenny Omega response to Chris Jericho? Um. Just kind of reiterating that I don't really think Omega is that much of a promo. He basically says he'll thank Chris Jericho if he can beat him, but he doesn't think he can beat him. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. You know, it certainly wasn't anything like what Jericho's been doing. Um, it felt a lot less like a promo, but, you know, it did deal with promo-like things. So it's fine. It didn't really raise my interest in the match that much, but uh, I'm sure Jericho will do something to continue to make me feel better about that. Yeah. Just put put a little, put a little uh, deeper tone in your voice, my friend. <laughs> act like act like the tone is matching what you're saying. He really took me on a weird a, a weird trip, and I didn't know where we were going. So he's like, "Well, I think Chris Jericho." 
is that isn't that the big question? So no, I won't thank him. I'm like, yeah, unless he beats me. <laughs> like, no, you still have to fucking thank him. Like, what world are we living in, pal? But then, I don't know this guy. I feel like he's so weird because I feel like he doesn't want any competition. Like, he wants everything just to be like friendly. But then at the same time, he recently because all he ever talks about in every interview. This is why we never cover him. Is how much he would have liked to be in WWE and how much that would have been a good opportunity, but it's not the right time right now. Or he'd love to wrestle Seth Rollins and John Cena. But he says he'd love to wrestle them because they're alpha males and he'd like to have that competition. But I don't really get that from him. I get that it's like, it's whatever. Everything is whatever. Jericho needs to just do something so horrible to him that he decides that he will invest in this main event feud that he's in. Yeah, I... I, I don't know. I have no answer for that. <laughs> He's a weird guy that uh, I don't invest in that much. But some people love him, so I guess we'll wait till uh, he's in the ring and maybe because you liked the, the the Pentagon match, right? From uh, yeah, all from all in. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll just do his talking in the ring again, and maybe that will be the positive factor. Pentagon's good live people. though. Oh yeah, well it's yeah Pentagon. He has an amazing aura, absolutely. He so does. that that helps a lot. I would, if I was Jericho, I would break into his home and, like, destroy all his game systems. <laughs> and then what's he going to do? That's lose that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, so Jericho has to win this, I would think, because they're, they're building it so much as a second match. Mm. You know, uh, Kenny also says that you, know, you couldn't beat me in a hardcore match when there was no rules. Why do you think you're going to beat me in this matchup? Right. So I would think Jericho would have to win, but then that would be ending the show on Jericho. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be a weird because last time, at least with all in, we got like a whole like all elite the whole elite crew filled the ring and, and you know, praised themselves and, and praised us for praising them. You <laughs> I, know. I'm okay with not seeing that again. Um, yeah. you know, it's a little yeah, I don't like curtain calls, even if they are from guys all on the same side. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, think about how Jericho has been kind of messing with everyone in this group, so they could very easily all be involved at the end again if Jericho's involved. Yes, very well could be. But also to me, if you really want to be a wrestling promotion, then maybe you could end on something like that because it's n- the end is not the end. So True. is it more True. about the live show or is it more about you know the the, the actual promotion and going forward? I'm now, I'm just now imagining something, and I don't know, I don't even know if it would be good or not, I don't know, maybe you can tell me, but I'm imagining a, a scenario where, like you said, it seems like Chris Jericho is going to win this, didn't they say something about it was going to be no DQ or something like that, or did I miss well, I think the last one was no DQ. Oh, the last one was no DQ, alright, maybe this one has DQs, but uh, I don't know, I'm just imagining an event that ends with Jericho just wrecking a bloody Omega Either, you know, at the end of the match or after the match, mm. just really just destroying him. You get the other elite guys come out and Jericho has issues with all of them, so he's fighting them. And what if Jericho, savvy man that he is, has put together a few friends of his own that are going to come out and uh, be opposing the elite? And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we could end this uh, show with a different crew standing tall over uh, some downed and bloody elite members. I don't know. That that could be good for me. I'm, I'm yeah. interested now that I've thought of it. I like that. I, th- I thought about him with the crew I, um, a few weeks ago. I was like, what would his response? And so I could dig that. And you also, 
you could very well get the return of another elite member who might end up on Jericho's side by the time that little skirmish is over. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, I would love that. If Skrull came down to, like, yeah. rescue them and then went the other way, I would actually love that. Man, that could be really great. I'm really imagining now a scenario where Jericho and whoever he puts together, you know, after the show, they're like, well, thanks for putting together this deal, but we're running <laughs> this place now, you know. We're yeah. basically ripping it out of your hands. Dang, that could be really good. I don't know. I'm hoping yeah. that happens now that I've thought of it. I like that a lot. I think that could be good. I also think Marty could benefit big time from being with Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? oh, for sure. That's I, I like that idea a lot. So, yeah, we might. I can see that happening. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. It, it would I give would a hope... lot more teeth to the road to the next show. Um, yeah. You know, it would really give them something to kind of base around. That, that would make a lot of sense to me. You can possibly see Pac, you know, uh, depending on where they go, that Pac sure. could be out there. Absolutely. A lot of people could be out there. People we haven't even seen yet. People from Triple uh, A who now have yeah. an issue with Cody. All these different, like, tendrils that are going out there. They could really kind of pull together in a really cool way if they want to go that way. Yeah. And then the next show is Fight for the Fallen. So right. yeah. that makes a lot of sense, you if know. If they all fall, then, yeah, that could be a great way to start that. Yeah. Go out like that. At least that that makes a statement. Yeah. You know, that it's not going to just be these guys patting each other on the backs every show. So we'll see. Maybe that's where we're headed for the end of uh, Double or Nothing. We'll see in a little less than two months. We'll see what goes down. I'm excited. Um, Cody's got two designs that were sent to him um, from Denise. And so this is where the more rumor and speculation She says, should we stay away from the one with the gold? And he says no after thinking about it. So some people think because he's wrestling gold dust, maybe that's a reference to that. Mm. I don't know. Could be an intentional misdirect by Cody. It could also just be a reference because Stardust wore gold too, right? That's what I thought. When I first heard it, that was my thought. But then, you know, I am not getting paid to make assumptions with every single thing that happens. Right, right. Fair enough. I was just like, yeah. Why why would you want to? Yeah. So, yeah, apparently he's going to dress like a Castlevania character. So there's yeah. Kenny Omega's influence, I guess. There's, people will come out and cosplay now. Um, so uh, here, here's my thought on this. This was okay, like all this. This was, right. it was my favorite Road to Double or Nothing. Because um, I'm not super invested in Starcast. Like you said, I, I had mixed feelings about all these old people being like, yeah, AW is great. Uh, you know, where's my check now, please? So <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, and, uh, yeah, and the Omega promo, whatever. Um, this stuff's all fine. Here's my ask. Like, we've seen little clips of, like, matches and stuff. We've seen little video packages about new talent coming in and, like, they're happy to be here. And I've talked about it before. I would like to see, if possible, AEW working with some of these indie promotions that we know they have partnerships with to bring in and put in, like, real matches for the talent that you're going to be bringing in real segments, you know, for people to watch and actually see, Oh, well, maybe this is some idea of what the product is going to be like. Uh, I'm really starting to get real thirsty for something like that because you know, all these videos and maybe it's just me cause I'm not used to watching videos like this, but I want to see like, give me a little bit of wrestling content. Give me like a taste of that. Um, right now, all I really got is Jericho cutting promos and that's kind of like keeping me going here. So I don't know. That's that's what I would kind of like to maybe see a little bit more of. You've got this space for it. You've got these partners. You've got matches and talents that people don't know. Get this stuff out here. You know, put it all together. I don't know. That's what I'd like to see at least some of. Yeah. And that's just as easy to do 
If you can do Young Bucks showing up all over the world, you can do that. Yeah, I would think, you know, uh, that that would help me get to know these new wrestlers better than uh, I realize I'm basically asking them to do a version of Convince Me, but I don't care, whatever, you know, convince us. That is what you're supposed to be doing, you know. Nobody knows what this is yet. You're giving us these kind of weird ideas and they're all over the place so yeah convince us give us give us a little more idea um that i don't know that's what i want i do wonder for the battle royal participants if that is supposed to be they're coming out i suppose but it's tough to wait for the night because i assume you're gonna have to pay to see the show and are people gonna pay for a bunch of you know one of the the critiques of aew that i don't agree with but i've heard it it's like oh i don't know these people these are you know these are no names. I don't know if they're good or not, you know? So, okay, like, show them, you know? Convince them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. They seem... They go at their own pace, I think, whether well, we like they it. Do. It's worked so far, so I'm not going to try to second-guess them. I'm just saying what I, as a fan, would would most like to see out of these shows. Yeah. So that's me. I agree, in part, but also... As a fan, I'm already ordering the event, so like my complaint, my agreement with you would be a little more like, you know, you guys are not helping my weekly podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to talk about here. Whereas as a fan, I could not watch it for the next two months, and I'm still ordering the event. So. Oh sure, and I think that's the big thing. Like, like I mentioned, people are like, oh, these road to double or nothing videos don't get enough views, and I'm like, man, so many people are gonna order that show without having watched any of these videos because either yeah. they already know about wrestling or they don't want to make that time commitment, but they're still going to check it out on the night or like 10 other different reasons that I don't yeah. even need to go into. So yeah, it's not even a factor. These are like a total side project. The main thing is coming and, you know, people are going to check it out. Whether it succeeds after that or not is one thing, but people are definitely going to check it out on the night. Absolutely. So, <sighs> It's difficult because there's so much that I'm not on board with. but And this is where I try to separate things because, again, even if I say after Double or Nothing, this is not for me, that's not even a critique on them because they might be doing better as a promotion by losing me but keeping a whole lot of people that like what I don't. Sure. So at this moment, they all have credibility with me because everything that they've done has gone well. Like As Ms. Van already said, when they start making mistakes and start making choices where there's clear fallout, then you start critiquing that and add that to the narrative. We have to wait for that to happen. You don't get to just from the jump be like, okay, this is where they're... This is where I said this on the show, I think, a while back, is that there's nothing more cowardly to me than being a cynic. Nothing but a cynic. Because... You got nothing to lose because every fucking time you're wrong, all you gotta do is say, "Yeah, but wait till next time." It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So you can be wrong a thousand times, and eventually everything goes away. And then a thousand and one, one times, then something bad happens. You're like, see, I told you, I've been saying that from the beginning. Yeah, and then you were wrong a thousand fucking times that you're not acknowledging. And then the other side of that, if you try to support something, then like, oh yeah, man, that was a good show. Yeah, but. You know, the tickets sold for $47 when they were $49 last time. So, yeah, look at that. Oh, shit. No, I thought it was a good show, but people didn't like it. They paid $47. You know, you're always, when we did, man, when we did Impact the Revolution together, like, I think there was people that were legitimately pissed off that we had a space where we were talking positive about this show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to be in that space. But, yeah, you're not going to tell me not to support it. You're not going to tell me not to like it if I like it. 
I like Bully Ray being world champion. I like Bobby Roode being world champion. Mm-hmm. That's my fucking business, bro. <laughs> so fun times. Yeah, no, it's always interesting to balance like consensus belief against like what you're seeing for yourself and like how do you resolve that sometimes when they're completely different. Um, it's weird, but I'm gonna ask you a tough question here. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Would you rather AEW was a successful promotion, as successful as they can be? but not the kind of product you want to watch? Or would you rather that they struggled, that they stayed kind of at a lower level, but they did put on a product that you want to watch? Funny thing, my friend. If we were not doing this show, and I was not watching all that was going on, my answer would be I'd rather they be a big wrestling company because how many people get paid? How many fans get entertained? (laughs) And maybe I would still say that, but... I'm leaning at least 50-50 to the other way because I'm starting to get to the point that I don't like what a lot of these people stand for and what they make pro wrestling. They want to make it a philosophical conversation. So I'm starting to see that whether it's Disco Inferno or whether it's my man Joey Ryan, the the framework seems to be this is art. We all know it's a work. So we don't have to do things like we used to do it. We can do it can be visual and it can be performance and people know. So. So would I rather. Oh, man, the, the, the far off again conversation. Oh, yeah, let them be successful. But if we're just if, if it's just one more gigantic move to WWE is so many things I can't watch. Mm. And now AEW is succeeding off of what? I think we have to be more specific. But is it is it off the Young Bucks vision? Is it off a bunch of guys wrestling like that, a bunch of women wrestling like that? If so, I don't know that I want to see that rewarded. So I think I would want them not to do well. It just depends, you know, because it would mean me going away from professional wrestling altogether because I don't like Ring of Honor. I don't like WWE. I can't get into New Japan Pro Wrestling if I can't really digest it the way that I need to weekly. Um, So, again, yeah, so... If it's a fucking spot fest and it's Joey Ryan's dick and it's um whatever else, I'm starting to have a moral opposition to it. So if, if I'm even 60-40 this week, when we started the show, I probably would have been 90-10 or 100-0. Yeah, let that thing do well. I can go do something else. Now I'm about 60-40. Yeah, let it do well. And about a week or two from now, I might be... 70 30 no fuck them and fuck their stupid vision they don't deserve to benefit from that where if there's no goddamn pro wrestling that i can enjoy anywhere why do all the dick loving joey ryan spot fest monsters why do they get to be happy so you know i'm getting bitter here this show is bringing out bitterness in me <laughs> so i'm moving I, I i'll still say let them be successful but i am hardcore moving in the other direction okay fair enough fair enough I can uh, I can easily see both sides of that one, so uh, I do think it's a, a difficult choice for fans like us. The benefit for me is there is a lot of wrestling that I know of that I can go to that does work for me if this doesn't work out, so maybe I have more of a lifeboat. And hey, we can always do WWF The Legacy Series. I still have people asking me about that all the time, so we, we, we've got to fall back, you and me, potentially. Yeah. It's hard, man, though, because like, 
it was really rough for me when WC when I had already quit WCW because they, you know it was just like oh god I can't do this anymore and then kind of got away from wrestling altogether and come back oh WCW doesn't exist anymore mm. and then I try to watch WWE and I can't and I, you know you realize at that time pro wrestling is over for you and that was hard and then but then for ten fifteen years I've kind of gotten used to that and then this made me think. Oh wait, what if it's not over for you? So to open that door just to realize there's nothing on the other side is a whole no- is like revisiting that mm. uh, feeling again. So I gotcha. We'll see. So I can think of a product or two if that happens. If you hit that rock bottom, I can think of a product or two that you might like in the modern day. So maybe we can uh, explore that if it if it comes to the worst case scenario. Yeah, that's a great segue though because. I said earlier we're going to talk about which match is working most, what what stocks up and down, and I I had to really take a step back because I, everyone who knows me knows that if I'm watching a promotion nine times out of ten there's somebody that's carrying that for me, whether it was Christian and TNA, whether it's Bobby Roode and TNA, you know, and I guess the thought in my mind even if I didn't really address it is I'm watching AEW first and foremost because they got fucking Pentagon Junior. Sure. That's my favorite wrestler. But not only did last week watching the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros in Mexico make me aware that I may not be able to enjoy the wrestling product, but only days later after last week's show did I realize I might not enjoy Pentagon Jr. in AEW. Mm. Like, why do I care? if I If I don't like those matches to the level I don't like them, do I care about the Lucha Brothers as a tag team? You know, why Why would I care? And that was that's something that I've got to digest now, uh, that whatever safety uh, blanket. And I've also been telling myself, well, at the end of the year or whenever, they're going to have to sign their big deal and maybe they'll be treated differently. But maybe they won't. They're trying to build a tag division out of this. Mm-hmm. But I do know. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. I, uh, go ahead. Please continue. I just want, like, I... Anything can change. We say that all the time. But I just want to make it clear how disgusted I am with that kind of wrestling. And if other people enjoy it, and I know they do, there's nothing wrong with that. But I cannot. And so I'm watching something to wrestle with, TNA. I've always avoided these episodes, but I'm running out of ones to watch. (laughs) Pritchard worked in TNA for a while. He's doing word association at the beginning. I was, when they asked him low key, he said overrated, which is interesting. Mm. But that's the only thing he said. But then they asked about the young bucks who were, I think, Generation Me or something at the time. Yep. Uh, Conrad says um, they're over like Rover um, online, and he says, yeah, they're overrated. I thought their matches sucked. They have no psychology, and they thought they were great. No selling everything they did, and then the next thing up, they did two hundred things when they could have done twenty. And then Conrad says, you sound like every old timer now. You know that, right? They used to say that about Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair. So here's my moment of just saying, fuck you, Conrad. <laughs> this is the kind of argumentation that is complete and utter bullshit. So that means by that argument, you can never think that anything that is new, there can be no critique on it because if it's new, it's better. Like there's no difference between... The Young Bucks evolving the sport the way they did and Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair evolving it the way they did. If you told me I don't like Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair and what they do, but I like the Young Bucks, 
I would say fair. But if you say one is the same as the other because they both are new or different, that's fucking bullshit. And this is the way that they try to shame you and shut you down for having an opinion by just saying, oh, that's old people thinking. That's 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 an old timer talk. They thought that about Ricky Steamboat and Rick. It's not fucking Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair to begin with. And if you like it for the visuals or the performance or whatever, that's amazing. If I liked it for that, I would be in the front row. Yeah, fall to me. Miss your opponent. They'll still fall down. Don't worry, but also knock me out. I'm all in with you. I would be doing that. So I'm not critiquing that nobody can like it, but I am critiquing that I have come. I've done my work these last eight, nine, ten weeks, and I can never like that style of wrestling. You should have to make tags. You should have to work on your opponent. You shouldn't be able to do the same move at the beginning of the match that you can do at the end of your match. Your first move in a match shouldn't be a fucking powerbomb or a jumping, flipping over the top rope when you not even have done anything to your opponent. Opponents, when you fucking mess up your move for 10 minutes, shouldn't still be standing there waiting for you to fall on them. That stuff bothers me. It takes me out of the match. I can't enjoy it. It's not psychology for me. It's nothing that suspends disbelief. It's me having to do the work of saying... I, I know this is a work. I don't watch it for the storytelling. I don't watch it for the psychology. I don't watch it for the ups and downs and backs and back and forth. I watch it because, my God, what 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 art? And I can't make it to the museum today. You know, I'm just in this <laughs> rural town, so I think I'll watch pro wrestling because, fuck, that's the same thing. I can't do that. And the Young Bucks, I'm trying to like them. They're, they're having their little promos. And I'm like, yeah, family. They like family. Good. They like family. Good. They're building a wrestling wrestling. Good. But if that's the best tag team wrestling of all fucking time, a lot of people were wasting their time doing a lot of things that made sense for a long time when they could have just been jumping over the top rope. And what we will see, partly from Convince Me, is any goddamn person in the world can do these moves. So I also don't know why they're impressive anymore, but that's just a whole different thing. <laughs> But you know what? Best tag team in the world ever. And then you ruined, you fucking ruined the Lucha Brothers. Like the Lucha Brothers act like they're their younger brothers who never got to play outside with them, and they're just their idols. You know, I wish they would just all super kick each other at the beginning of the match, fall on each other, and they all win and they all lose and get them the hell out of the ring. That's where I feel. That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to say, you know what? They might be. They might be this generation's best tag team. What's the difference? Steiner Brothers, Young Bucks. It's all the same. Just it, it's not though. And maybe it's partly is the, the the style that they were wrestling. But also, I do want to say because one thing I noticed, the fans didn't really fucking care when the when uh, the Young Bucks showed up. They stood in the ring the same way they did in, in that independent show where they got the big pop, and they didn't get it this time. And so they're even making fun of that on being the elite Kenny. Kenny Omega was uh, with the Young Bucks. Say, yeah, you know, you really uh, fans really went mild for you, is what he said. <laughs> and so, and does that matter? Maybe depends. Are you the best fucking tag team ever? And you're going to make tag team wrestling main event and this and that and the other. You got, you know, you're setting the bar for how high this is supposed to be. You're also influencing the booking, so. I am confused. Like, would I like Cody's AEW? Probably yes. Would I like the Young Bucks? It's looking like no. Would I like Kenny Omega's? I have no goddamn clue. So, 
you know, that stock is down for me to the point that I don't know if it can recover. I hope it does. Also, just wrestle a different kind of match. You know, also, all matches just have to be the, be the same. And just, I don't know. Maybe they'll do a flip and they'll land outside the building and they'll be lost and they won't make it back. That's my only hope right now. Okay, um, that one, that stock has fallen slightly in my book. You don't say. Oh, <laughs> man. No, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I will just say, going back to the Pentagon stuff, um, uh, coming out of Lucha Underground Season 1, Pentagon is probably my favorite wrestler uh, in the world. And uh, I still love the guy, honestly, um, almost in spite of everything. But there was nothing sadder to me than kind of meeting Pentagon outside of Lucha Underground and realizing, you know, kind of, and it definitely was when he started getting involved with the Young Bucks that he was going to be a different kind of guy in a lot of these places. Um, instead of having that great presentation uh, that he had in Lucha Underground, instead of kind of zoning in on this uh, wonderful character, doing the kind of matches that I like, well, no, maybe he's going to do a lot of taunts. Maybe he's going to taunt so much that the match doesn't even start until someone punches him in the face because he's taunting so much. You know, maybe he's going to be just flipping around. Maybe when he breaks somebody's arm, that arm's not really going to break at all, and they're just going to keep using it. It didn't matter. So meeting that Pentagon was sad for me, and I always, I always want to get the good Pentagon, but sometimes we get the bad Pentagon, and that uh, it makes me very sad because I love the guy. Even though I call him the bad Pentagon, I think I like him more than you do. Maybe because I'm more used to him. Maybe because I'm more tolerant of this other style, uh, in spite of its flaws, which I do recognize. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's kind of two Pentagons, and one of them has the potential to be the biggest wrestling star in the world, and the other one. Like you said, maybe he's just the Young Bucks' younger brother. So I, I get that as far as Pentagon goes. Um, for the Young Bucks, uh, I don't know I don't know what I can tell you to make you feel better. Probably nothing, because I'm no fan of the Young Bucks either. I do think uh, some critiques of them are maybe a little harsh. You can't deny their success, and I know you're not trying to. At the same time, yeah, uh, for every Young Buck match that I have liked, there have probably been two or three that I haven't. And uh, I agree, having them kind of be on top of this promotion is maybe the biggest sign of all that ultimately it's not really going to be for me because I was never really a Young Bucks guy. I was never a Bullet Club guy. I was never the elite guy. I was never really into uh, this style on that level. Um, And it's not even just the style because I've seen matches that go – like 100 miles an hour start to finish. And I've enjoyed them a lot under the right circumstances. It helps if you got a lot of guys in there and uh, it's the right kind of people. And, you know, sometimes that's all right. Not all the time. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just some about the Young Bucks in particular. It's their whole vibe, their whole attitude, their whole approach. The way that people talk about them, yeah, that they are, oh, just the greatest tag team of all time. And it's just so hard to resolve that because I just don't see it. So, uh it's weird. I got some of the same cognitive dissonance. You definitely have it worse than I do coming into this stuff and uh, kind of having it be a shock to your system. But I definitely get what you're coming from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't said it before, but I am dubious that we will end up covering this product when it comes around because I do have a feeling it may be more like this. But you never know. Like you said, we see a lot of glimmers of hope from the Cody Rhodes stuff. I don't know. It's going to be a, a journey, and I have no idea where it's going to end. But um, 
just yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, and uh, and you're not alone. I got some of the same thoughts going on. Yeah, I would never deny them their success. Their success is part of the reason I'm worried because, yeah. you know, if I was the Young Bucks and I was just successful, I wouldn't want to just be the greatest tag team. I would really want to see my style. Like, they can tr- fucking trailblaze. There's never been a promotion that has that could be as big as AEW or get that much exposure where it's just kind of, you know, doing some of the things that are, that are common now in the independent scene, like on a big stage. So that could also be part of their legacy, but yeah. it won't be one that... And I don't know, can you really, if you add Brandy in, what is that, like five? Can you really slice up promotion five different ways? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll have to wait yeah. and see. Yeah, we'll find out. So, what matchup, let's go positive. Yeah, um, please. <laughs> yeah. What matchup at this week, if you could only watch one matchup, what's that matchup for you? It's going to be the same for us, I think. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Cody Rhodes and his mystery opponent. Um, even without having the other person announced or involved, uh, just um, and I may even regret it depending on who it is. But right now, yeah, despite the lack of opponent, this has, in its own weird way, been the best built match by far for all the conversation they've had about it, for all the hints that they've dropped about it, for how Cody has presented himself and how this match has been represented for the excitement around the reveal of who his opponent is going to be. Yeah, kind of far and away, this is the match that I'm most excited about. Um, There are three that I'm very excited about still, uh, and this is kind of number one for me. So, so yeah, I want to see it. You know, I'm I'm most invested in Cody Rhodes out of anyone in this promotion, I think. So let it come. Bring it on. Okay, so I will try to go a different way just so we can have different differing. We can talk, we can <laughs> talk about Cody more. for you too, right? Yeah, I'm Cody. Okay. By far, if we're if we're not just doing this particular week, you know, Cody has been so consistent. He doesn't have an opponent like Miz fans said, and we're still this excited about it because it, it's it's strange. Like this is not a great week of road to double or nothing, but there's never a time that I've seen Cody that I'm not like, okay, you know, that's interesting. Bring me into your little world, like. Yeah. And this is what's dangerous though, because I trust Cody Rhodes. And I don't like trusting any of these people because they haven't really earned it in that way. Like, I don't know them like that, and they don't know me like that. So, But right now, I trust Cody Rhodes. Um, maybe I will go, since Dustin Rhodes is the rumor this week, maybe I can use that as an excuse. So, Because <laughs> okay. I was also on the fence. There's this one for me, and then there's Hangman Page versus Pac, which could possibly be the one I'm most excited about because there's so much on the line for me because I've never watched Pac, really. And I've never watched Hangman Page, really. And in my mind, I did not like Pac. And in my mind, I did not like Hangman Page. But the Pac promo so many weeks ago remains. It's probably top five my favorite AEW things that have happened so far. Sure. So that's big. And then Hang- I love what they're doing with Hangman Page. Like He's so... He comes off privileged in a way that maybe he doesn't deserve that, but they are aware of it. So they are, they're, they're putting him through the ringer and they're making him hungry and they're making him needing to prove something. I would love to see this matchup further establish Pac for who he can be, but also be just something that puts Hangman Page on the map in a way that says, 
has nothing to do with the elite. I can go out there, whether they are on my side or not, and have the best match of the night. So that was important. And, but, yeah, same thing with you. Shout out. The consistency of Cody Rhodes is something that needs its own segment eventually. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Pac and Page, definitely I'm still interested in that quite a bit. Uh, the stock dropped a little for me when we watched Being the Elite, and I saw they're doing, like, oh, Hangman Page, you're fat or something. <laughs> and, like, you throw the burger at the wall, and it's, like, uh, just, like, kind of more comedy stuff. And it makes me think, oh, well, does this really matter? Or is it a joke to you guys? But, you know, so um, I, I think the match, though, is going to deliver a lot. And that's maybe the benefit of, like, all this Being the Elite stuff. Um, you went to All In, and it wasn't really like that. Like, some of the matches were, like, very fast-paced. You saw the Young Bucks wrestle, all that stuff. But still, like, the event itself wasn't really like that it wasn't really like being the elite for the most yeah. part you know that's so that's maybe the uh the the saving grace of all this to make us feel a little better yeah and i think i enjoyed the main event yeah it, it's so, okay there you go so it, it can be done <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's number one like i don't know how much influence they're gonna have number two they want to be main event number three they think they're the best tag team in the world number four the big one they're involving Pentagon, you know. Right. Yeah. If they're wrestling someone I didn't care about, then I would be like, go have your fucking spot fest and call it the best thing that ever happened, and I don't give a damn. <laughs> but, you know, Pentagon's wrapped up in this. Right. And yeah. one thing I can't – like, he does some stuff outside of Lucha Underground so well. So every time there's a confrontation – this happens with Conan and um, LAX right before they wrestled in TNA. Like, they're like, oh, right, we're going to squash this. We're all going to get along. We're going to respect each other. And then there's just this little thing that sets off Pentagon and things like in their face and like they just agreed not to do that. Right. But these days, a lot of times he'll be that Pentagon in one moment, and then when he's not doing that, he's just like clowning with like a child in the in the third row. Exactly. You know, yeah. you can't. I'm sorry. And this is again, if it's going to be some kind of like the the most liberal version of art, and I'm just supposed to see, oh, that's that's him with the interacting with the fans, or that's him playing this role. Like I'm not in for that, and I'm not going to do it. You know, but if it's if you're gonna be that fucking Pentagon, be that. If Stone Cold Steve Austin would break character three three times out of four in 1997, that never would have happened like it did. And uh, you know, so I don't want it now. I'm not as hip. I'll never be Joey Ryan and just go Inferno. I'm you know just <laughs> I haven't been to a museum like I was. I, I didn't have that kind of raising, guys. I'm sorry, you guys are just so fucking. Eh, I'm done. Okay, uh, Pentagon's a free Pentagon. I want my free Pentagon shirt, so we'll see what happens. This is the show, two months away. All or, all or nothing, no. All or nothing, all elite wrestling, all or double or nothing. Double or nothing, there you okay. go. <laughs> all, all the words are. Okay, so Ms. Fan has sent us on a journey. Anything else, Ms. Fan? Um, I was going to say the other matches that I'm definitely still feeling yeah. from Double or Nothing, uh, SoCal versus OWE. Very excited about that still. Uh, I think it's going to be something uh, really different from everything else on the card. Reminds me, back in the day, WCW would bring in, like, random people from Japan or Mexico or something, just throw them out there and say, hey, do your thing, and they did it, and it was usually a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great. I'm also really feeling the Battle Royal because I'm a fan of Battle Royals. There's some people I like in there. There's going to be more people I like in there, I think, and uh, I think it's going to be very good. Um, so, yeah, overall... I don't know. We're a little down this week, but I'm still excited about Road to Double or Nothing. 
women's match could be good too. You know, they haven't really built it at all, which is disappointing. Um, but uh, I think the match itself will be good. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So uh, I'm still looking forward to the show very much in spite of, yeah, us being a little down this week on some of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, I'm a little down. I, I apologize. <laughs> it's all right. We got to respond authentically in the yes. moment. We're, we're talking real time again. We don't have the benefit of hindsight anymore. So we're, we're doing it as we go. I love those matches. That when you read off the card, it sounds like a really good card. I, I think it will be. You know, we just need to not watch Being the Elite. Uh, sure. and I think we're just we're gonna feel better about everything uh, if we do. So that's that's my theory. I just thought that Mexico reveal though was supposed to be such a big deal and reinforce the claims about that match, and I just I don't think it did. Yeah, no, I don't think it did either. So we'll see. Cody and Conan got big responses. That like, nobody's making fun of that. So they, you could, because I, I when I watched it, I was like, is there something wrong with the volume? Does it not pick up well? But <laughs> it's a really weird scenario, and I can speak on that briefly. And uh, I don't know if it affects the view of it one way or another. Yeah, but uh, Conan used to run a promotion called The Crash, um, which runs out of Tijuana, and he brought in the Young Bucks uh, frequently, and they were tremendously over there. Okay. Um, but Mexico, just for the way they're set up, they're still kind of split like by areas, by territories. So okay. yeah, you've got WWE guys who are known everywhere. So hence Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he's kind of known. Uh, but bringing the Young Bucks and a lot of fans just just really weren't very familiar with them and didn't really think about like, oh, is this really a big deal or not? So yeah, I don't know. You go from Tijuana to Mexico City, you get a really different reaction in Mexico, so uh, I think Conan even came out and kind of admitted, oops, I, I kind of made a mistake there. I assumed that one would translate to the other. Um, so the plan is for them to keep working there and uh, kind of build up some heat. So maybe next time we see them, if we do see them again, and maybe we won't because I don't know if I want to go look at the Young Bucks in Mexico again, but uh, they're certainly going to try to heat them up down there in that area. So so yeah, that is the uh, the official explanation. If you were curious about that. Okay, and that is that's how the Kenny Omega uh, when he comes to eat lunch with them starts. Is he says, yeah, noticed um, you guys were with Cody and Cody got jumped and you didn't do anything and I, did you not see or whatever? And they're like, well, we were um, we were we were saved. We wanted to save our pop for later. Mm. And then that's when he says, oh, well, you you really saved that. You, you The fans really went mild for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good job saving that pop. Oh, yeah. man. You know, that, that kind of actually, uh, I like that, actually, because it sort of puts me in mind of, like, now that I'm thinking about Jericho, maybe, like, attacking the promotion, maybe bringing in, like, people to help him, like, go after it. It puts me in mind of, like, all the WCW people who, like, couldn't quite get their stuff together because they all had their different egos. Sting and Flair and Luger and the Horsemen and uh, Savage and everybody on that other side. You know, God knows we don't want to see just like another NWO rehash because it's been done no, too sir. much. But like some some version of what made that work, you know, with the warring factions and just like the problems inside the factions and just that layered kind of storytelling. There's a lot that you could do with that. And that might honestly be the best thing that they could do with this group to actually make me interested in them. So, yeah, if the Young Bucks, sure, they're aligned with Cody, but maybe they care more about themselves. They want to preserve their pop, uh, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, there could be a lot to do there. So that, that actually makes me a little more excited, maybe. Yeah, it's the most I've liked Kenny Omega because mm. I didn't buy him being heated because they just, when he, or responding to Jericho because he just doesn't ever seem to get heated. But he seems to 
He seems to be a very laid back, chill guy, but he has a like a strong moral code that you would not really expect. And he kind of, you know, he's kind of giving them shit because that is not, it's not okay what they did, you know. And then when they come out with a response, which is, you know, a sad response, he, he, you know, he cuts into them. So it, if if you got you got Cody who seems like low key wants to cut Vincent Man's head off and is really trying to recreate WCW, but he wouldn't say it out loud. Then you got the young bucks who are just who are trying to pioneer their vision, and then you got Kenny Omega, who is there because his friends are there and because he can wrestle and he can have creative. But he really he might be seeing things more than they are seeing, and he doesn't seem to be as called up. So they all seem to have different different roles, different personalities, different takes, and hopefully at least they'll they'll maintain that. I hope so. Yeah, that's that honestly might be the best thing that they could do if they want to keep my interest because. Uh, I'll put up with kind of these frenzied uh, matches a little more if you can if you can make me invest in why you're having them and why you're going like a million miles an hour, you know, and maybe you can slow down a little bit and let some of these moments sink in. So just a few tweaks, honestly, it could really get me invested in this. So I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing what they come up with. Yeah, in a way, it's amazing I've done this for ten weeks because <laughs> like the only time I really care about matches, like everything I care about matches for me is built off of characters storytelling psychology right so like um you know I, I can make the same critiques a lot of these matches like flair the big critique of flair he did the same thing with everybody so that's kind of the same critique as the young bucks you know that i'm making but you know part of it is like i understood the psychology of these things and you know and we critiqued it like luger the luger flair match for me i'm not saying this is a luger fan i'm just saying this objectively for what i enjoy that match made sense like it was whereas when sting and flair got to be like luger and flair we critiqued that on wcw the legacy series right. because sting is not lex luger and a lot of people will say i'm by 99 all sting's better than lex luger well then why like why just have power moves and no selling because that's not sting like he's not that big and he's quicker so like when that would happen i would critique it but I also understood there's a degree of Ric Flair. They don't, first of all, they don't always move at the same pace. So I praised everything that's been on this show and everything. If it just doesn't have the same pace, we're gonna, we're gonna see a Tom Lawler uh, Yay High match where they're they're just they're just chain wrestling, just mat wrestling, but they're trying to move their shoulders or their knees in a way that get breaks them out of a hold or gives them leverage, just like little things. And like I also know. Flair is going to take bumps all day with military presses, but he's tiring Luger out at the same time. And he's going to work on Lex Luger's knee, and Lex Luger's green, and Lex Luger's young, and Lex Luger's still going to military press him, even though he's got a bad knee. He's going to fucking fall out from under him. Like, I know these things are going to happen. There's at least a psychology there. Like, I don't mind the matches if they break it up, then there's changes of pace, and the moves make sense. And then if something doesn't work, then you've got to stop and do something else. But I'm not just going to watch two people go just like the same speed and they're not going to ever not ever check for what's going on. And again, you can hit a fresh man with any move. Like if I'm fresh and you have not even touched me, you're not going to put me in a power bomb, or you're not going to jump over the top rope on me. I'm just going to walk out of the way because you haven't touched me. So they're just, they're just things, just things. <laughs> Stylistic uh, differences for sure, but uh 
Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, I think uh, we're ready. You started and we, we got sidetracked, but uh, we're ready, I think, for that journey you were talking yeah. about a minute ago. <laughs> And I do think the new six band though, from all that is going to be the SCU match, and they're probably going to okay. do a lot of that stuff. And I'm likely going to enjoy the match. So, anyway, all right, yes, yeah, so we're moving on. It's Miss time. I will shut up and stop <laughs> ranting and complaining. Well, no, you can't shut up because the whole point of this is I want to uh, get your take on these matches. But uh, I don't know. I have no idea. As always, um, I find uh, you're a particularly hard man to predict some tasks, what you'll like and what you won't like. Uh, yeah. Like uh, It's weird because I know what you like, but I never know if it's going to translate or not. So, yeah, mm. we are talking about Ace Romero this week for Convince Me. Uh, I threw in a promo that I found. I threw in a couple of matches from Beyond Wrestling, one with Tracy Williams, one with Brian Malonis from 2017. Beyond Wrestling promotion that I am a fan of. Uh, I like the people they book, some of the presentation they have. Uh, indie up in kind of the northeast area. But, yeah, uh, I don't even know where you're going to land with this, and I really, I'm really, i really anticipating. So let's let's talk about Ace Romero. What was your experience in this week's Convince Me? Okay, so this one is different maybe than almost every one because I went in really high mm. on Ace Romero. I don't know why. Maybe it was... The pounce that we watched, maybe it was the fact it's a different body type. So I was thinking, yeah, at least it won't be the same style. But I also watched it under the shadow of this horrible hangover I'm having from Mexico. <laughs> so that does it also colors it. I left here thinking, all right, so Ace Romero's stock from where I went in, which might have been unfairly high, is lower than it was than when I went in. <laughs> but it's like I got some critiques for what I saw and I got some. I see a lot of potential here. Okay, all right. So I left. It's a mixed bag. I, the highlight for me, if anybody was the was the heroes, it was the the broadcast team for the second matchup. Yeah, they did very well. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the opposite, the broadcast team yeah. for the first match. I like watching fucking Jersey Shore call a match. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these announcers, man! That first match is just that commentary is unforgivable. <laughs> I, I did send you a warning about that. Uh, yeah, that was just yeah, two wrestlers, I, I believe, that. just sitting down to do commentary, uh, which sometimes actually works well and sometimes is very obnoxious, as you noticed. So. They stopped calling the match and just talking about his words, and then one of them requests the other one be fired from his job. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot going on in the booth. We got Hot Sauce Tracy Williams versus Ace Romero is the first match we're talking about. Um, I would, first of all, if I just took away everything, I just saw, hi, I'm Ace Romero. I think his look is really good. That's I think he's got a really good confidence. I think you could put him in a number of roles or gimmicks and that he could pull off quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. So that is my biggest upside is that I think if you're starting from scratch, this is a guy that does have something. Yeah, the first time I saw him visually, yeah, he just uh, explodes off the screen because he is such – you know, he's a different body type, and that's really underselling it. He has such a different yeah. look from almost everyone else in modern wrestling. He's like this enormous 400-pound guy, uh, and yet he's quick. He's agile when he needs to be. Um, yeah, I, he puts me in mind definitely of some of the, the great big men from history and uh, – I don't know if you completely agree with that or not, but I think you can at least see that potential there in a guy like this. I like the storytelling better in the second one, and I like I think I like the match better in the first one. Okay, I so. can see that. 
I, I got to think about it. Or at least the move sets. Because here's the thing. I liked Ace's drop kick early in the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like that it's not a super impressive drop kick. It, it's like, you know, the drop kick where you, you stay you stay back to the mat. You know, he's not doing, no, he's not turning his body. But he, but it, it was effective. I loved He did a fucking, like, Arn Anderson spine buster with the yeah. ode to Arn Anderson with the paws and with the way he was holding him. That was nice. Um, I liked... We had uh, Williams going for, I think, uh, going for a Russian leg sweep, and he just picks him up and hits him with a sidewalk slam. So one thing that I said earlier is that I love that a lot of what I'm reacting to that I like from Ace Romero is a move countering another move. Yeah. So I just, there's several counters in here that made me happy. And he counters in a way that makes use of his weight, um, yes. and that is so important. I talk... Probably I should even talk more than I do because it's really important to me about wrestlers who wrestle like their size. I've critiqued uh, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager for being a big guy who wrestles like he's not big at all um, to the point where everyone forgets his size because it doesn't matter. Whereas Ace Romero is huge and also wrestles like he is even bigger maybe than he is because everything he does is kind of like drawing on this enormous weight. And why shouldn't it? Because it's uh, one of his biggest assets. And yes, he can be agile. We've seen him pounce guys out of the ring. I've seen him jump off the apron. I've even seen him like dive through the ropes on a very rare occasion. But he's not trying to do it all the time. He's not trying to do it every match. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a smart wrestler with the way he is, the size he is, the things he can do. I really appreciate that. I think it's very cool. Yeah. I, and that's where I like the first match better because the second match, there's a lot of spots where they're trying to do things to each other and they can't actually do them. And they just keep <laughs> trying to do them and then they halfway do them. And I, I don't, you know. I, but I think I would want to like the second one better because I was more impressed with the feud and the idea of, what is it? Um, the irresistible force and the immovable object. Is that man's gimmick? Is that man's name? Yeah. Brian Malone is your thing enough? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, that's his nickname. He is the irresistible force and the immovable object. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Now, I really like both of these, and they are very different kinds of matches because it's a very different kind of opponents. you got Tracy Williams, yeah. who is uh, not a small guy, but, you know, not a really huge guy either. He's doing a lot of technique stuff. He's trying to get by on strikes. He's yeah, wrestling to his style. Yeah, yeah. Then you got yeah. Brian Malonis, who is another, like, really giant guy. Um, and he's, he's wrestling a totally different way. And yeah, he's throwing maybe a little more character, a little more trash talk, a little more of what he's good at into the match. So yeah, you, you've got two different matches, but I think there's a lot to be said about both of them. That's positive. Yeah. The second one, you got a tag team that has broken up two men mm. coming in about 400 pounds a piece. And this, the, the, the fucking commentary is gold. Yes. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's every Shawn Michaels, Marjane feud, but they're telling it in a way that makes it new. One of the one of the announcers says, you know, to be a tag team and to go on a losing streak is so easy to start thinking it has to be the other guy's fault. Mm-hmm. And that's just good sight. You, you know, you got to think like, what's it like to travel with someone and all you're doing is losing, and you got to go back to them and go back with them. And either you got to decide there's something wrong with you, or you can just look across the van, or look across the car, or look across the room and be like, huh, no, it's not me, it's that guy. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, 
you got a guy who is regional, 15 years in the business. This is so good because we're in a social media world and we're in a world where things can happen so fast, especially now AEW, the contracts. So the announcers are talking about, do you know what it must feel like to grind for 15 years and still be regional and watch guys blow after like two years and they're all, they're like international now. Mm-hmm. And so like the whole idea, I think there's like seven, eight, nine year difference in age. And so is, is it the fact that Ace Romero is blowing up fast and he's international and he's going places? Is it the losing streak? But they, 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 they layered that. So I am more involved in this matchup than just about anything we've done because of about seven sentences from the announcers. Mm. So there's that. Yeah. I'll say again, yeah, just in praise of Beyond Wrestling, they are definitely one of my favorite indies, and that is for that same reason, is that they contextualize their matches a lot. They work to kind of make them meaningful uh, on commentary and as they lead up to them. Um, The guy, I think, yeah, that you're talking about on commentary, uh, he's the owner of the promotion also, so Mm. he's the one driving a lot of this stuff. Um, and yeah, they just, uh, they do a lot of stuff that I, I really appreciate. So I want to really give a shout out to beyond wrestling. Um, cause I think they, uh, they do a lot of good stuff up there. Yeah. And maybe you feel bad because you got the, the, the other nickname is the Kingpin. So you got this guy who just seems so unlikable mm. and partly he's supposed to be, but then They're talking about how fierce he is at defending the Northeast Territory and what he'll do. He'll ruin people. But And it's like, oh, this guy is exactly what I think. But also then there's a a tinge to it. There's a shade to it. There are colors, plural. And you start thinking, what would I do if I'm 15 years in the business and I know this is the only place where I matter? Mm, You know, that... So they're turning these guys like, oh, I don't like this guy. Oh, but now I feel sorry for this guy. I like Ace Romero, but then maybe Ace Romero is kind of a little bit of a hot shot, and maybe like I'm just, I'm just like flipping and flipping and flipping because there's so many, they're they're painting with so many colors, mm. and that's sad, man. That's that sucks though. Fifteen years and you're defending that Northeast territory, and then you watch this young guy who, let's be honest, 400 pounds is not the usual body type. So you watch someone kind of with your body type, who is your partner, go international in a short amount of time. So what the fuck is wrong with me that he gets this? So this is just, it's just meant to be trouble. And then here they are kicking off the show, you know, going at it. This is a matchup you do get. Uh, we get to see the suicide dive early. We get an attempted power bomb that just does not is not meant to be on the floor. Uh, <laughs> Which is <but> yeah. fine. <laughs> I like them just yeah. like just throwing on each other. I like when the, I think the kingpin got him in the corner and was just like welling on him. Yeah, no, that, I agree. That was great stuff. And I got I really got to shout out Brian Malonis, um, who uh, I got a chance to see live last year and really just. Uh, uh, I don't know, kind of fell in love with a bet because, uh, yeah, everything he does in this match too, it's not just the commentary telling you the story is mm. Brian Malone is really driving the story. And you can see he's trying to break this guy who kind of like jumped the line ahead of him, yeah. who like kind of showed him up. It's like, Oh, well, guess what? You know, if you're a big guy, maybe that doesn't hold you back. Maybe that makes you a big star if you do it right. Uh, so now, yeah, <laughs> you've got Malone 
trying to break him down, trying to trash talk him, trying to show that, you know what, well, you know, if I can't have it, you can't have it either, more or less. Um, so, yeah, no, he, he really drives the story of this match, and uh, I think he does a great job of it. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's the character you write in the book who you show them doing things that are unforgivable. They're bitter. They're mean. They are abusive. And then you can all, and you don't make that okay, but then in another, you get inside their head in another passage and, you know, you see the world, like, what the fuck made you like this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's like some people, it's also the world, it's just the way the world is so visible. Like, a lot of times with my students now, we'll talk about social media, and, yeah, they grow, they grew up the entire lives in a world where, like every picture, every comment is comparative to their classmates and friends about who gets more likes, mm. who's got more value. And so like it could be the best thing in the world. I like the Northeast and I am the man in the Northeast, but everything's so visible. You know, I cannot enjoy my plot of land because I see this guy, this guy, Ace Romero. And you look at a young guy and they can't you can't fully appreciate yet if you blow up because it's kind of just the thing that happens. So this guy is just almost so nonchalant, just doing his thing, just making it. Fuck that guy, you know. And 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 it, like you said, it comes through in the match. Like I don't know, I didn't get it as much from Ace Romero as I got it from him, but I got the. He didn't seem like a happy fellow in this, and he he was he was trying to take it out on Ace. Ace does a nice reverse Z Man crossbody in the match. That's that Z Man. You go, Ace Romero. <laughs> I think the funny thing is why these matches were hard to watch, too, is because I kind of watch them almost as if they were made for the Convince Me segment. So it's always about Ace Romero or whoever I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gets tapped in uh, one match and he gets pinned in the other. I'm like, wait a second. This wasn't <laughs> about Ace Romero at all. <laughs> uh, Yeah, my bad. Uh, I oh, guess you know, it's like... Uh, it's it's a little tough because uh, both these matches from 20, 2017, and I would rather get something more recent. But it's yeah. uh, especially really hard in America to find free stuff that is um, that recent for American independence. So yeah, I don't know. He, he may be getting more victories lately. Um, I do try to yeah pick matches where it's mostly focused on the guy we're talking about. But ultimately, yeah, I just want to kind of show the good stuff that's out there. So um, it's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't have to be predictable. Anyway, I don't like that. <laughs> True, fair enough, fair enough. Vader bomb off the top, or off the second rep is what will get the victory uh, in the second match. For Malonis, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan of Trace Williams and Brian Malonis. I think they're both uh, recent signees to Ring of Honor, so I hope they find some success over there. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe see them as well in AEW at some point. I wouldn't mind either one. I think they both have uh, strong points to offer, so uh, we shall see. I would have to see Williams again. Like I, I, I like. It's interesting. Hot Sauce is an interesting name <laughs> to have. So that got my attention. But like his style, I see that with a lot of folks. So he would have to. It's like Tom Lawler at the beginning. I was like, I don't really know, but like he's starting to. This is my favorite Tom Lawler week, so we'll get to that shortly. I would think so. Yeah, um, Williams. Yeah, I don't know if he'll appeal to you as much. I mostly do like him as a technician, as an in-ring guy. I don't know even myself for sure how much he can bring as a character, so he might not connect with you. But still, I think uh, I don't know. You might need guys like that for your TV division who yeah. are cutting promos. They come out, they just have a really you know good match with the champion. They don't necessarily win the win the match. But, you know, maybe down the line they get more character, they get more popular. I don't know. A lot of good stuff could happen with a guy like that. Yeah. 
then MJF just throws him over the top rope. Yeah, maybe, you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I would love to see that match, honestly. Trace Williams yeah. and MJF would be very good, I think. The promo, too, is a lot like the matches in that I can see the potential in him and all of them, and then there was little things that made me say, you know, I want to reserve my, I want to see what he does on a longer, you know, amount of time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't not look like PN News in the promo, his last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh you don't really get a sense because I get that there's some charisma and I get that he he has the potential to be anywhere from decent to good on the mic, but mostly he's throwing MJF's lines back at him because that's who he's wrestling. So if you're using MJF stuff, can you not be good is one question that, <laughs> that I had to think about. But. That's a valid question. I will say, yeah, at 28 years old, I don't think Ace Romero is a finished product. And I hope if AEW is what I hope it is, and that's a character-driven promotion, you've got a billion guys, basically, who are good in the ring or who have potential in the ring. But what you don't have is guys who had experience making a week-to-week character, making somebody that people can invest in on that level and not just like, oh, what cool things can you do in the ring? So if it is the kind of promotion I want it to be, then I think it's going to be the best place for someone like Ace Romero to come in and, and uh, learn that stuff and become that kind of character that is going to be uh, an even better, you know, overall product than he is right now. And I already like him a lot. So, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, if I had booked all in, it would have been uh, the Kingpin versus Ace Romero. Versus Barrington Hughes in a three-way dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Haas division. Like yes. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said with the age, like this guy, there's a lot of up. There's a lot of potential. And so treat him right, use him right, and I don't see any reason why you don't have another. This is what's exciting is these guys, these MJFs, these uh, Romeros, these lots of other folks, I think they, 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 they got – um, you're going to be looking at kind of 1994 eventually in WCW if Hulk Hogan never came. <laughs> That's the hope. Yeah. That's the dream, right? So. <laughs> yeah. You got dust, You got your Dustin Rose and your Steve Austins and all those next up guys already on the roster just waiting to make names for themselves. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope there's good presentation about Ace Romero because I can't answer something up. The first time I saw the guy knowing nothing about him, and I'm not even talking about his wrestling. I'm talking about the first, like, five seconds I saw him standing there. I was like, holy crap, they found, like, a building that's also a person, you know, mm. just visually. So striking. So, yeah, please make use of this guy. Don't just throw him out and be like, hey, a guy who pounced another guy, you know. Yeah. Like, no, come on, make this guy mean something. That's what I want to see. That was my first comment. If you just you, you cut out everything else and just look at him, like he's got he's got the look and he, and he's got the confidence, so he's yeah. got the right ingredients. Absolutely. I don't know. Would you you see him more as a babyface or a heel? I would hope that he'd be a heel. I would honestly, too. yeah. Like I feel like guys like that should almost always be a heel unless you have a really strong reason to turn him face. Because yeah, this guy's a monster. You know, honestly, let maybe not right away. But if he keeps getting better the way he's getting, man, mm. just let him go full Vader in a couple of years and just see what you get because I think there could be a lot there. Yeah, he's he's MJF level of arrogance to me. But yeah, so you yeah, very be possibly, absolutely. Like, I mean, he just comes off as someone, and it's not a bad thing. We need more of that as far as just he has confidence in who he is. This is again the way he stands, the way he moves. Like he's someone who 
I know who I am and and I'm this is what I am and this is what I'm gonna be and it's gonna work. You know, so yep. I like the idea of maybe just having him as neither or slight baby face at the beginning, but then the minute you wanna really put him in a storyline like he can cause a lot of trouble in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for sure. Let him. Okay. okay. Anything else on AEW? I don't think so, my friend. We've covered a lot. Uh, a little less positive than in some weeks, but I think that's a good balance. We are never out here to be yes men. We always knew there would be some aspects of this product that would not be for us. We're just kind of grappling with that a little bit. Do want to just reiterate overall, I'm very excited about Double or Nothing. It may uh, be great. It may not be what I want it to be, but I'm going to enjoy until we get there. And, uh, you know, as we always say, we're not committed to covering this product forever, but we're going to take it uh, at least as far as we said we would. So uh, we'll see what we get. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is just how much time there is yeah. in between. And that's not a knock on them. No, no, not for sure. But uh, yeah, maybe there are some more things they could do to build it yeah. up better. Like I said, show me more of the product. You know, I'm getting a little tired of all these oh let me call my wardrobe and oh here's a person they're happy to be here and you know i I know i keep harping on that but i don't know i just really want to see more like promos maybe like i said some matches from my indie promotions that you're partnered with come on like just give me some product here that's what i'm out to see so build my excitement that way that's my ask we'll see if it happens yeah the funny thing is i think the thing above all that might get me is the wrestling style and the thing that might get you is the presentation and how stories are told because <laughs> I just uh, I just want them to start telling more stories because I feel like the only story they're telling now is the Chris Jericho story um, and I guess sort of the Lucha Brothers story but we kind of went over how that's not working so yeah I don't know tell me more stories and that that will make me happier um, it's the lack of story that's getting me right now because like I said a bunch of these matches on the card don't seem to have any build at all and there's no reason. When you have all this time mm. and all these YouTube videos, man, you know, like, so just start building those up for me and I'll, I'll be even more excited. I guarantee that I will. So we'll see. I don't want to give you a panic attack because I, I can't place anybody having said this, yeah. but I feel like someone did that, that, that even the TV shows might be a little more like the YouTube videos. <laughs> Is that real? Or are you just messing with me? No, I think so. I, I, okay. I'm not going to say they did because like, I can, I, I can't imagine Cody saying it. I can't. But I feel like, you know, because I, I read a lot of stuff that, doesn't, that never makes our shows. Like, these, these people get sure. interviews almost two or three a week. So, you know, that's a big question is what will the TV shows be like? Um, I'll say this. One of my favorite things about one of my favorite promotions ever, Lucha Underground, is their heavy focus on, like, these backstage vignettes oh, that build man. character, that build story. That's one of the things that set it apart in a wonderful way. So if they want to do little scenes like that, You'll, I'll be a fan probably forever. I'll be yeah. on in four years being bitter about how people should have appreciated, you know, your backstage scenes more because that's what I'm doing now for Lucha Underground. But, uh, yeah, if it's all like, oh, this is behind the scenes and, you know, we're, you know, we're working together. Yeah. We're doing a wrestling promotion. Then, no, I'm not going to have time for that. I won't cover that. That'll do it for me. <laughs> and that, so I'm just putting that out there as I, I would no, say. That's fair. Eight to fifteen percent. Like you need to know that it could be a possibility. Is, are there people who the big story? Let's not let's not bury the lead. Are there people who don't appreciate the backstage scenes of Lucha Underground? Oh yes, but let's not even talk about that. <laughs> what is a? Oh hey, hey, 
me some meditation. <laughs> I shouldn't have even told you that. I'm sorry. So. I don't. I can't. My, my my brain can't process that. No, I can't. No, it's cognitive dissonance for me all the way. I don't understand these people. I don't all the time. You should. You should. Um, uh, you should hear me and Jeff sometime on uh, the Global Revolution because we're talking about like the stuff we like. And I don't know where he goes online, but he always brings me like, oh, or there are people who don't like this, and it's like the yeah. best thing ever. And I'm like. Who are these people out there, like, just dedicated to not liking things that are good? So, I don't know. It's fair. Some people probably say the same thing about us and the Young Bucks. They're sitting over there just loving the Young Bucks and saying, how the hell do these people not love the Young Bucks? So, it's fair. It's just weird. It's just a weird world sometimes. I do try to say every time that if if you enjoy it, man. Build yeah. your life around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would enjoy it if I could, but to me saying you don't enjoy the backstage segments in Lucha Underground is like saying, you know what else was a bust? That old WrestleMania 3 thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, For God, sure. WWF was really missing the mark in the 80s. <laughs> you know? Even uh, that, yeah. that's not my, I was an NWA fan, but man, I recognize that whether that's my favorite thing or not, WWF was fucking killing the game at the I time know. it's like imagine it's almost like i wish those guys randy savage Roddy piper i wish they wouldn't cut so many promos you know yeah. it's just like it's like you're taking the best part and you're like trying to throw it out and i don't get it so I don't, I don't know i will say i think the people who didn't like those scenes of lucha underground just didn't like all of lucha underground i haven't seen okay. people who are just like i love the matches i wish they didn't do these scenes so i haven't really seen that so fair enough yeah that's that okay i can live with that okay all right because I didn't watch, I watched the first show and I didn't ever watch it again for a long time because I was like, hey, you know, that guy's wrestling that guy and I, you know, I can't remember if it's no rules or casket match or whatever. <laughs> but man, once I, really all it took was Conan's fucking cane wobbling over to, um, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, Prince Puma, yeah. Yeah, Prince Puma and, you know, it's like, and Puma not even speaking, but you can see every fucking expression even with the mask. These guys, man, they were is is gods and heroes and and yet very much mortal men, and it's so fucking good. Did, 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 seriously, did anyone watch uh, Lucha Underground? <laughs> I can't title the show that two weeks in a row, but yes, it is a <laughs> recurring thought in my mind um, all the time. Not so good though. Um, a, a promotion that is not quite Lucha Underground, let's say. But we're covering it. 42 episodes. It is old school meets 2018. It is MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series. Mm-hmm. This episode. Yes, yes. Yep. Long Blood. Long Blood. I love that. Yeah, I love that every time. Yeah, I know. That's my <laughs> favorite part of the episode sometimes. <laughs> yes. It's so good. This is called The Bounty which we'll find out why soon. We have kind of broken away from our first long storyline, which is Pentagon earns a title shot, and Pentagon waits a long time for title shot. <laughs> Pentagon loses to uh, Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland's mad because the match was, like, intense, and he, he didn't sign up for that. But now the world champion is back in the video, and he's saying other things. Mm. Uh, he's saying that uh, being the best means taking on the best. He's also saying that he sees a lot more the stepping in the ring in his future, and that's kind of kind of where we are. I've done enough rants today, so I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> about this LeBron James culture where you move to California to be a movie star, forgetting you still got to be a basketball player. Get your ass whooped in the West, 
and start making a lot of excuses. <laughs> not going to say anything about that, but I will say I am not surprised that Shane Strickland, as world champion, having only defended the belt once, is already thinking about being a star outside of wrestling. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, they show a little video here. And my favorite part, Shane Strickland hanging out with Barrington Hughes, like all yes. the time, apparently. Uh, if you want to step in the ring more, why don't you let your buddy, Barrington Hughes, get a title shot? That's mm. my question, Shane Strickland. He's number six on the real top ten, so, uh, you know, he he's up there. He, he could get a shot. Very nice. If only they had a Crockett Cup and Shane Strickland could invite him to be his partner. <laughs> don't even – oh, man. Yeah, all right. I don't want to think about comparing Strickland and Aldis because I'll get depressed for how similar they might be. Um, but it's all – you don't treat your friends like this. Like You're right. Sure. Yeah, at least yeah. I fucking team up with him. Yeah, or something. The man doesn't make the show – and you're world champion, and you make the show like three or four times in one hour almost every week. So I just feel like the world champion, especially when this is, this guy's Hollywood, like he's outside the business. Apparently. You can't get, you can't get Barrington Hughes, who is number six on the real top ten, a look. <laughs> okay. For sure. Speaking of the real top ten, before we go in, I want to give you that real top ten, because, of course, there's no update on this show, but there's going to be an update on our show, because I've done the legwork. The real top ten of MLW Fusion, number ten, Trey Miguel, number nine, Jimmy Havoc, number eight, Mike Perro, number seven, ACH, who's in our main event this week, number six, Barrington Hughes, number five, MJF. Number four, Sammy Callahan. Number three, Jack or uh, Jake Hager. Sadly, number three, Jake Hager. Uh, Honesty. Keep yeah, it no, I, was saying, I I gotta go with with the results. Wins and losses are important. Number two, Austin Aries. Number one, Tom Lawler, who's not getting his title shot this week as he should. So what, why don't you defend against Tom Lawler there, Mister Strickland? If you want to get in there so much, yeah. he's waiting for a title shot. He earned it. And he's about to earn it. Again, so uh, yeah, here we go. Taking on the best. You've wrestled one time. You're defending your belt one time. Yep. You know, come on. Okay, so I love this. I didn't know we were gonna get weekly, and I am a fan of this. You, you do you. I don't want to put more labor on you. I will say <laughs> the only thing I would mark out for a little bit more is if when you say the people's names, could you say up from last week or down from last week? Oh, okay, sure thing, sure thing. I think the only uh, big change. From this week, um, Sam Callahan got a win last week, but it was kind of a shady win, so I don't think he actually went up. He stayed kind of where he was. Uh, the only guy jumping up from nothing to number three was Jake Hager, getting that big win over uh, Jeff Cobb and uh, beating him in a really decisive manner. You know, our uh, our opinions on whether that should have happened, notwithstanding, he did it get was, that yeah. win, and it was impressive. So he jumped from nothing to number three. All in one go, so you got to give him props for that. I believe uh, Simon Gotch getting bumped off the top ten mm. uh, just hasn't been doing enough lately. So, yeah, got to pick up the game, Mr. Gotch. Yeah, because we are doing the Legacy Series, and I think a great contribution now is this top ten, and who's moving up and down tells us what do these guys prioritize in MLW Fusion. Indeed. You know, because there's a lot of lying going on. It's the old school. You cannot trust the old school Suits and ties who favor the baby faces and tell will tell all manner of fibs. So we got our own top ten that we just had to miss and just had to break it out because like one only comes every month I think and it's bullshit. Yep, 
and it makes no sense for what we are seeing. So we gotta we gotta try to give an authentic top ten on this show. This is the problem, MLW. I love that you love tradition, but back in the day there was no interaction. You just waited monthly for PWI to come out and read what happened the last month. This is an interactive world, and we have taken over. We have hijacked your top ten, and we have our own top ten. Yep. And Jack Hager making big noise, but thankfully I don't think he does this week. Nope. So. <laughs> No appearance this week, so uh, yeah, that's just as well for me. If Jack Hager was as tough as he as he acts like he is, he would break his own fucking ankle and go out on a stretcher. The thing is, he doesn't even act tough at all. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's all it's all like just informed. Uh, we're just told, look how tough and vicious he is, and he's walking around like a, with a blank expression and not <laughs> like doing anything. <laughs> Just oh, what a scary man! You know, it's all it's all tell no show. So yeah. there has to be Jack Hager fans that listen. So I, if you're a Jack Hager fan, tell me you haven't seen him walk around with a blank expression on his face. Just tell me that. That's all. <laughs> that I spectral dead. Tell me the benefit of Jake Hager. Tell me when he wasn't walking around with a blank expression. Um, yeah, he has the a side around doesn't count that final scene. So no. He doesn't walk in a straight line. He does his sideways shuffle thing and with a blank look. I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. He looks like he's wandering. And also, isn't that why you have an ambulance and a structure? Because you got a guy who has height but he cannot convey a story. <laughs> well, you got a manager who can't really do, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I would take the manager over the wrestler in this case. Any fucking yeah. time. <laughs> and for you to, for you to say that, that's a big deal. <laughs> I've come down too hard on, on Colonel Parker, maybe. Uh, I don't have a beef with him. I just find his presence weird. Like, he's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I would never call Jake Hager okay, so there's a big gap between them. <laughs> Parker is partly what used to make wrestling good, is that you would have a manager or a wrestler who was never going to be the, the person. But yeah. They, uh, yeah, you need like, your mid-level managers, too, for sure. So, yeah. I don't know why he's the one piece of history that they unearthed, but it's all right. It's all good. Maybe because he looks the same as he did like 30 years ago. Weirdly, he does, yeah. So you should bring Bunkhouse Buck on here. Maybe that would be good. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Why the hell not? Why not? Okay, I like this first match, man. Let's go. This is one of the best matches that we've seen on MLW Fusion, in my opinion. And I I hope you would like it, and I think it's going to sell you more on Tom Lawler, who I know you're already coming around on, so... I'm already, I'm already liking them better. As I mentioned I'm starting to like this crew before they even come to the ring. They do that train. I don't know if they do that in the MM, in uh, UFC now. And I watched UFC back at the very beginning or so near it when it was like Shamrock and folks. But they would all come out with that little train, like hands on shoulders. And so they're so ridiculous. <laughs> it's like these tough guys, UFC fighters. And this is what I like. This is what I like about Tom Lawler. The fact that he is tough, but he still acts like a coward. Yeah, you know, is because a lot of these heels, like how they get in the business, because they're cowards and they're not really that good when they're forced to wrestle, but somehow they're in like top companies. Mm. But this guy, he kind of likes fighting and he's good at it, but he still puts on airs and will play. He'll play a lot of roles. I mean, there's a lot of play that goes on, and I think play is underrated. Like get out there and have fun, mislead your opponents, make a mess of things, talk too much. You know, maybe I also think there are a lot of heels that are just so much better than the baby faces. Mm-hmm. Um, CB Mac, um, I'm just talking right now about something that I see in my life is that the heels are so much better than the baby faces 
that I think they act out and try to provoke not to be mean, not to be cruel, but they just want to light a fire under these lazy so-and-sos who think that they have everything they need just because the fans cheer them when they come out. And the heels like, they're not fucking competition. So maybe if I provoke them enough, I can light a fire in them. Since I can light my own fire, maybe I have to light their fire too. Thank you, heels. Baby faces, stop slacking. Get off your privilege. Get in there and prove something. Is Tom Lawler right now is eating you up. Shout out to CB Mac, who's such a nice guy. Oh, I love CB Mac, yeah. I don't know if he is. I this is why I love CB Mac because I I think that CB Mac and I am I am usually pretty uh good at reading people, but I will forever not know if he is the nicest baby face or the best heel in the business. <laughs> because like he knew how I felt about Vince Russo, and he would always find a way to bring me a Russo video. It's the last thing I want to see when it's bad for my health. That he would have a like you know. He would have some cover story for why, like, you know, I know you don't want to see this one, but I had to show you. So, like, is he the nicest guy or is he the the heel of heels? Like, what is a bigger heel move than being the champion of baby faces? So, who knows? <laughs> keep playing. Keep playing that game, CB Mac. Maybe uh, this will help you decide. He's constantly now sending me uh, little clips and videos of MJF and uh, and telling me about all the heel privilege that he's seen oh, in those yeah. videos. So I don't know if that helps you decide, but uh, that's what I'm dealing with a lot on Twitter right now. That's why I don't get it, because sometimes I think he just, yes, MJF's whole gimmick is privilege. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody would deny that. So, like, he makes these arguments that makes him seem like an old-school sting baby face. Like, he's coming from a day that... He's trying to learn to argue these things because he's offended that you even have to argue it because you don't question baby faces. And in that way, to me, he's the ultimate baby face. But again, like I said, there's that weird line that he gets in sometimes that I'm like, are you playing us in everything? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Stevie Mac. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely get what you're saying with these heels because uh, one of my favorite things, and not every heel has to be like this, yes. but a lot of them are really good if you can kind of tell the narrative of, like, man, if they would just, like, play it straight, if they would just ditch these tactics, they would still be, like, a world champion-level person. But they take these shortcuts, they do these things. You know, it's like the Ric Flair. He built his whole career on that. It's like, he could probably beat you just being a normal wrestler because he's that good. But he's also, like, jabbing you in the eye or punching you in the balls or, you know, doing one of these other things. So it's great. I love it. Yeah, there's another kind of privilege, um, CB Mac, that you should think about. And you know how hard it is to be MJF and be that young and just be better than everybody? Now, he, he didn't choose that lot in life. He didn't choose to carry that cross. But, yeah, you just you know, what do you do? Same thing with um, Tom Lawler. You know, I can see Tom Lawler coming out soon and wrestling with, a, with an arm tied behind his back. You know, what, what are you supposed to do? His baby faces just never get better. Like, generation after generation. They got their goods, they got their bad like anyone else, but they're so they just walk in this bubble until someone pops that bubble. They like they have no reason to get better. Luckily we got someone in Fred Yehai who has not really had a chance to have all that privilege, so he's he's still hungry. And these guys, man, they get at it. Ain't no stings in this matchup, pal. Oh, yeah, I love the Mac grappling in this, the yes. struggle, the grit, uh everything they did in there. 
Tom Lawler impressed me a lot. I gotta say, Fred Yehi, I thought looking great too. Did you see yes. when he just stomped on his hand and mm-hmm. then turned around and stomped on the other damn hand? Like that was great. I love both of these guys, honestly. I think they bring a lot to the table. Yeah, man. I, I, the roll throughs, the grappling, mm. the 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 contest for leverage. Like that's a dangerous man to me. That if if you got three quarters of an inch leverage on me, you're gonna hurt me. So we're we're vying for like three quarters of an inch of space to see who's gonna get the advantage here. Yeah, yeah. Continually, you really get the feeling that yeah, every moment like something could go one way or the other, and it could be yeah, as simple as a few inches, a, a slight position difference. Um, that there's a lot of wrestling like this out here, which gives me hope. Then we'll see more of it, and uh, I think it's more of the kind of wrestling that we like. And yeah, uh, yeah I just I, I love this. A nice release, German by Yehi, but filthy chants are what's going on in the building for the record. Yeah, sure, absolutely. We got a bunch of heel supporters in here, um, so I'm 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 not opposed. You know, they like what they like. They recognize talent, so what can you do? Rich makes a good point, um, or an interesting point. I don't know if it's a good one or not, but there is a real thing in sports. Where, especially if it's some dumbass, like somebody on a team who's not even that good, who gets ahead of the game and says what he's going to do to these people. <laughs> and like the other team puts it like hangs it up or so in the locker room. Like it becomes motivation for the other team. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so one thing I'm, I'm not going to say a lot because we got ahead of this and we kind of said it. But do you at least notice that MGF, MJF and... um. And folks like they they bring some they bring some hardship on themselves sometimes with the things they say, but I think they also motivate themselves. You know, it's the weird out of pocket comments. I think Sammy Callahan would be a good example of this. Like I don't understand why he says the things he says, and I don't think I don't think they motivate him. But it's just there's a there's a thing. If you want to look at heels poorly, which I don't know how to do because they've been so lovely for so many decades. But if you wanted to look at them poorly, I would say that a heel, someone who's mouthing off in way, it's like clickbait. Okay, so I'm having my students write a social media style article, and I won't do. I told them I want the title to be the most intriguing thing that it can be without being clickbait. <laughs> and uh, we define that as clickbait is the article does not actually deliver on what the title promises. Mm. And so if it's sitting in a list, if someone Googles and finds your article and is sitting with six other articles on a screen, why would they click on yours? It needs to be that good with the title, but not clickbait. And so a heel, the heel that is clickbait or the baby face, I got no time for. And that's what Sammy Callahan, until he convinces me something in, in an embodied way, he's fucking clickbait. He's running his mouth. It's just noise and it's just promises and it doesn't deliver. But if you're a heel, I don't care how... I don't care how big you talk, as long as you can back it up. And you might get your ass whipped once in a while, that's fine. But if you're MJF, you're you're legit. If you're Tom Lawler, you're legit. So what's the problem with talking that talk? Whereas my, the only problem to me comes in if you can't back it up. So this matchup proves whether you're gay high and right now you don't really you don't talk that talk that much. Maybe you said, what did he say earlier? Mm. He says, um, well, I don't know. He said something, but yeah, he's not. But if you're Tom Lawler, maybe you're just trying to make it more difficult, but you get out there and you deliver, so no problem with any of that. Yeah. 
So go ahead. And this is what you get. You got two guys who are competent getting it done in the ring. One of them maybe is more straightforward. One of them runs his mouth a little bit, air quotes, too much. But both of them, you know, they, they take on that responsibility. So Yeah. And it's interesting because they can do almost all of the same things. Like, they're very evenly matched in this. Uh, they do a yes. good job of making them both look really good. And then in the end, you know, what's the difference maker? Tom Lyler is just a little bit shady, just a little mm. bit throwing, throwing his glove or whatever it was for a distraction, his little uh, padding, then running up, pulling just that little bit of a Lex Luger move, hitting him yeah. with what just might be a little bit of a metal plate under the skin there from his injury, getting not a pin, but then a submission, which I thought was an extra good touch. Cause I love that. You knock out the guy, but, oh, I'm still putting him in a submission because I'm a grappler, and, you know, yeah. it's it's great stuff. But this is legitimately, outside of the Pentagon-Phoenix matches, um, this is probably the best match we've seen on MLW Fusion. Yeah, I love that extra step because you, you didn't choke him out. You knocked him out with your illegal, you know? Yeah. And, again, is that dirty? Maybe. Does that mean you won't met more than the next guy? Maybe that, too. And we cannot ignore the fact that Tony Schiavone calls um, Yehi Yeti. I was going to try to ignore that. I could have ah. lived without that reminder, but here we are, yes. We're in a world where, all right, it was kind of funny, but also it took me out a little bit and it annoyed me because we're in a world where now nothing can happen in the past that you remember, but you have to make some contrived way to bring it up and reference it. So, oh, I accidentally called him Yeti, and now I'm talking about Yeti, and we planned this on the back, but no, I'm, it, it had just happened in the moment. It's so natural. I don't know. It was fine. Don't, it was like... Don't kill my... I thought it happened in the moment. Don't kill my innocence. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Maybe it's just like... You don't know, man. It's probably things I took for granted in WCW, but trying to learn all this shit, I could easily call someone Yeti next week. Okay, all right. It's a lot. <laughs> Maybe his beard <laughs> fell off in that moment. I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> he could be the Yeti for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. But Vanessa Kraft is with uh, MJF. Um, she she wants to know his business and what he was doing last week. He says, um, what was your thought process in shoving all that Botox in your face? Oh, that's none of my business. Like, this is none of your business. And then I think he hits her with what is the line of the night, referring to Joey Janela and his uh, squeeze. Do we know her name? Aria Blake. Okay, he says, this is not an episode of Teen Mom. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, no, MJF, there's a reason I said that he was the like number one guy to break out, because he's got this part of the act down, and he is so leagues ahead of almost everyone else in his area, you know, as far as these promos go, as his character goes. It's great. I love that line. Yeah, Arya Blake showing up and, like, getting in his face. She has to be taken away by security. He doesn't even engage her except to insult her. <laughs> um, I also love, I'm pretty sure they said just before this, when they were replaying the attack, that he was fined $3,000 or something mm. by the league for his actions. And I thought that's great because it's like, Real consequences in like a, a kind of a sports centric way, but also something that will have no effect on MJF because he doesn't care about three thousand dollars. You know, he can pay that out of his pocket change probably. Yep. So good stuff there. Good stuff. It's hilarious too that the three thousand dollars will probably help the company more than it will help him. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love this. We got real class warfare going on here. People from different worlds, different uh, walks of life, like. You get the you get the idea that they probably 
have never interacted with um, someone <laughs> like the other one in their lives, and they don't really plan to. For sure. And this is a great way to use Janela uh, as a character, yes. I think. Um, draw on this. Like, I didn't really care whatever he was going to do with Jimmy Havoc, but this this has got me very invested in what this is going to look like. I just like it, too, that Janela fucking started it. Yeah, for no real reason. Just yeah. like, here's a guy who looks like he's got to stick up his butt, and I'm going to fuck with him because I think yeah. it's funny. That's so perfect. You didn't even say anything like that. You just look at him and you know that's what he's thinking. Because, I don't know, Joey Janela, he's very on the ball with that kind of stuff. I appreciate him. Yeah. So, this is getting intense. This is, I think that may be a knock if I'm thinking legacy series, like what's going on. A lot of feuds don't have the punch that I would like them to have. Yeah. But this one's this one's got that, it's got a current under it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Props so we'll to both, but MJF in particular for driving yeah. that. MJF is so offended, and just props to them. Again, booking, because this is what I grew up, maybe this is where my bias comes from, and I had no idea this was going to be such a heel baby face. But this is what happened a lot in the old days. You know, like MJF, MJF is already the monster in this feud, and they're questioning him about his behavior at ringside and all of that. Like, there's no acknowledgement for how this started. Yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that, which shows me just uh, how little it's been part of the conversation. It's just kind of taken for granted, I guess, that he kind of deserved it. He should have yeah. dealt, should have just dealt with it. So, yeah. Okay. So, we go um, to a video, I think, and then we got a Selena. We got a Selena video. It seems like she is still upset. We have already, we already know what this is about. There was just a world title match, but you disrespected me. Blah blah blah. Fear and stuff. But now she is putting twenty thousand dollars American on the head of our world champion, Shane Strickland. So the bounty is the title, and the bounty has begun. I I love bounty angles. Yes. I love Harley Race putting it on Ric Flair. I love uh, um, Bobby Heenan putting it on Paul Orndorff. I love any, any bounty example you can think of because it always brings in a lot of different players, a lot of different moving parts in the one story. It makes you think, what what kind of character would be looking for this money? What kind of person would not take it up on this? What person would object to this? Maybe even help the guy who's got the bounty on his head. Everyone has to make a character choice when there's $20,000 on somebody's head. And I, I absolutely love that. I, I hope they do a lot with this. Yes, sir. I love a good bounty. I, I, I hope it goes on for a while. Mm. And it's like the um, okay, we got the competition uh, for what, how much money was it? Twenty thousand. Yeah, for this one, right? No, I mean for the um, we got another com- the competition. Is it Simon Gotch or is it someone oh, else? Yeah, for two hundred and fifty. Yeah. I think or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Fair I want to see both of those go on. I want to see various people coming at it. Yeah. And the only thing that could be as good as this is can we get one yellow dog before the series is over? <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> Yellow I mean, Dogs. Brian Pillman Jr. is going to work here at some point, I think. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. It's just these are these are just timeless, you know. Like if you do it right, imagine being already world champion. So everybody wants your title, but now you know that there's a bounty on your head. Like, that's unsettling. Yeah. What's a bounty on their head? And then, you know, he won't think about it because he's so arrogant and he's such a bad friend. <laughs> but, say, like, I wouldn't be riding around with Barrington Hughes right now. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. It's a great point, you know. You, you can be riding around that little convertible and maybe he's going to, yeah. like, spin the wheel <laughs> on you. You're going to crash that car. Yeah. Maybe $20,000 in the hospital for him. Ten oh, seconds. Oh, man. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I will say, yeah, we'll get to it in a little bit, but it would be nice if this was bounty was put on the head of somebody who had uh, even an inch of emotional depth to react yeah, to it. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, can he act like for the first time that something gets to him, or is he, he going to be above this, too? <laughs> Uh, okay, so it, I got I got thrown off on my notes because it says we're gonna hear from the champion, but that still that happens a little while later. A little later, yes. I don't know what this is because I watched this last week after that last show. But I said first, losers are trying to take picks, but they can't even do that right. I don't know what the hell that is. That but. is uh, Jason Cade and Johnny Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. trying to do a little photo shoot, but Jason Cade is not really cooperating. He's trying to like take up the whole frame, and then uh, he doesn't want to do a team pick. So yeah. Clearly, Jason Cade going uh, the heel direction here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I feel like they'll have a good match, so maybe you just break up already since it's not yeah. working out for you at all. So. Yeah, someone's got to take a stand because yeah. Oh, this is not. I did not mean this to be, but this is like it's another babyface issue. Like, how many times does he have to like? Well, if I have, if I'm standing in front of you and I won't let you in the picture, like either stand up to me there or break up. Like, there's no there's no um. There's no decency in just being, like, walked on until the point that you get mad later on and do something. Like, why is this dragging on? Like, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, like, Shawn, at least Shawn Michaels threw Mario Janetti. He had the decency to throw Shawn Mario Janetti through the barbershop window. <laughs> you let him know it was over, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we need to recut that so I can say it without laughing. It was not meant to be funny. That man had the decency you know, you you even if you don't have the nerve to say the team's broken up, that glass window does it for you. Like, you know, you're out of action and things go on. Like he, I never really saw how compassionate that move was until this week on MLW. So they got to break up though. He won't let you in the picture, sir. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is oh god. Yeah, Leon? Overall, I thought this was a really good episode, but we also have this little thing in the middle. So. I forgot about this. <laughs> oh, this is the guy with uh, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess the guy who's been following Callahan around is called Leon Scott. I've never heard of him, um, but here he is. MVP is his opponent because this feud is still happening, apparently. Um, oh. Sammy does a little little picture-in-picture promo saying that they will make a statement by hurting and embarrassing MVP just like they did five weeks ago, I guess. I don't know what the difference is now to then or why they haven't done anything since. Um, so yeah, this match is like a minute long, and then Sammy Callahan runs in, um, and then a new big guy comes out, and they all beat up MVP. Um, so yeah, uh, the only thing I did like a little about this segment is uh, while this beatdown is happening, Cotto Brazil who was kind of like beat up yes. as an afterthought last week, Yeah, came out, responded to that, stood up for himself, and tried to fight off Sammy Callahan as well. They both get beat up, of course, because Sammy Callahan is swinging his bat by carefully protecting it like he's Triple H on the sledgehammer. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the only thing I really liked was, yeah, Cotto Brazil showing that continuity. The rest of this I really could have just left for my own sake. Good for you though. You you called it last week that maybe that's part of a, an angle. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I hope so. And yeah, here we go. Continuity. Yeah. I love it. Um, I said Callahan is in the ring after two moves with his gimmicky ass. <laughs> I also said, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. This is this guy's nonsense to me. Like, also, I'm sorry. Was he like? Is he a baseball player? Because why does he have the bat? Number one. 
And then why's he got baseball hat? Like, I don't understand his gimmick. I need him to... <laughs> I know you can't convey shit, so, like, at least tell me, you know, on the microphone what you are and what you're not, but... Uh, he's I, a guy who doesn't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a guy who doesn't care as a viewer, <laughs> and that's not good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He wasn't even this bad in Lucha Underground, but I guess everyone was better in Lucha Underground, so that's yeah. no way to judge. I don't remember yeah. him. Like, this is the second time you reminded me, I think, that he was in Lucha Underground. <laughs> but what was he doing? He was, um... Uh, he came in as like Ivelisse's boyfriend, but then she got injured. Oh. He's doing all this stuff with Katrina and Mil Muertes, and he like dug a Ouija board out of the ceiling of Dario Cueto's office. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then, I don't know, it didn't really go <laughs> somewhere meaningful in the end. And then he became a snake or something, so that, that thread kind of got lost. But um, I think it worked for me more, because partly. I didn't know him at the time, and... He came off to me like he's like the insecure boyfriend who yeah. knows he's not as good as his partner. <laughs> you know, and I could buy him as that. Yeah, <laughs> for he's sure. Not. Again, uh, Lucha Underground presented people always in a way that was better. They even, even though uh, it was still bad, they still have the best presentation of Jack Swagger that I've seen, you know, even though it was still really bad and almost tanked the season. Still, it was better than the other stuff he's done. So, yeah, I don't know. They've just got... Or had, I guess, an ability to present people well. Yeah, but it says something that nobody threatened uh, Lucha Underground like Jack Hager. <laughs> yeah. So he's on he's on his own level. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. And the fans cheering him. That was the only thing I, that ever disappointed me big time was watching the fans react to him like everybody else on the show. Yeah, yeah. If ever anyone deserved to not get that reaction, but oh well, that's, that's something else entirely. <laughs> Yeah, so this guy, I made the mistake this week of trying to figure out what he was about, and I can't, I, honestly, I'm not joking either. I came up with nothing. Like, I could not, I cannot understand a single thing about him, like, what this is supposed to convey, and then he can't convey, and then he's in a feud with MVP, and then on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, then we get the thumbs up, thumbs down, which is just so fucking <laughs> stupid. It's very dumb. I really <sighs> enjoyed the story of your girlfriend no-selling. That, yeah. Uh, that, that was a great one. I mean, like, Stepping back, he's obviously like a bargain basement raven, right? Like, he's uh, supposed to be, like, nihilistic, like, gathering followers, doesn't care about anything. Like, he's not good at portraying any of this, but that's got to be the idea, right? I guess. Okay, all right. But, like, raven, his promos are fucking awesome. Right. Just laying up in the corner with his, like, disillusioned self, I can see what he's about. Like... This, he reminds, Sammy Callahan reminds me of, like, just a super excited fan <laughs> of something. And I feel like that's the opposite of what he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get it either. He's got these, all these big, happy, stupid looks on his face. <laughs> ah, I don't know. And then those guys, I don't know why they're following him. Like, really? Yeah. Convinced me that they would do that with their lives? <laughs> so, we will figure it out eventually. We got, what is 42 minus 8? Is that 34? 34. Yep. Right, we got 34 more episodes to figure out what Sammy Callahan is about. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> a future legend. That's also weird. Like, the world champion talking about being a future legend. Yeah, you're the champion now. Be a yeah. legend already, buddy. No, That's a know. bad look. Yeah. Come on, man. So he's, he's back there. He always likes to do his little locker room. Like, he can't walk through the locker room without... Number one, being asked questions, and then number two, someone else being there. But every time, man, it looks like it's the first time it's ever happened to him. 
<laughs> like, I would be really, like, I would be paying attention when I walk down that hallway if I were yeah, him. What but... if someone spits poison in your face again? Yeah. Why are you not on guard for this stuff? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, so someone just put a bounty on your head. Yes. So you're going to run up and just Back. kill you. Right Somebody now. is alarmed about it, but it's not uh, the world champion. No, for sure. Okay, before we get to that, they ask him, like, uh, Selena's coming after you, and you're basically just, like, agreeing to everything that she wants to do to you. Like, she's trying to kill you. Why are you doing mm. that? He's like, I gotta be a role model. I gotta, <laughs> if I don't accept all this stuff, what kind of role model am I? <laughs> like, you're an idiot is what you are. Yeah. You should be like, it. don't put a bounty on me. I'm going to come to your little hacienda and, like, fight you or something. But now he just kind of lies back and takes it all. And I don't know. I thought he was going to say something about his butt or his you-know-what. But he yeah. doesn't even have the energy of a sting because he's such mm. a – Ah, put the mask back on, buddy. My God. He really is the worst of Sting in this. Oh, he's like a Sting with no energy, and energy yeah. is the only thing Sting had. He, That's a vertical Tra- leap, so I guess they both got that. Charles Barkley, decades ago, I think, turned the world on his head when he said he's not a role model. Just because I'm an athlete does not mean I'm a role model. Yeah. And there's no... this. Number one, that's a lame excuse for why you're doing things that don't make sense. And then bigger than that, number two, if you're a fucking role model and you got to do these things, why did you make Pentagon have to win his title match two times before you wrestled him? Uh, that Five and, like, imagine if children were imitating this. If someone bullies you, just agree to every kind of bullying that they want to yes. do and just accept it. So it'll be fine. Go ahead. Oh, Nothing man. he says ever makes sense. No, I don't know. Yeah, he's so he's so laid back. He's asleep. I don't even know. <laughs> There's a line. Oh boy. Oh man. All right. Here's the good have part of this com- segment. Have, yeah. have we not gotten any commentary on Twitter about our um, take on uh, Shane Strickland? I haven't heard a thing. I only assume that either everyone agrees or they don't care, like we don't yeah. care. <laughs> so Maybe. If, if you want to defend Shane Strickland, not as a wrestler, but as a character, as a promo, yeah. please shout me out. I'm at Spectral Gen. <laughs> Tell me what I'm missing. Tell me what I should see, because right now I'm seeing nothing, like just nothing. Like a, a negative absence of anything in that department. Uh, yeah. If you want to take a bounty out and, make some, uh, and lose some money, put it on Shane Strickland because he's just a walking advertisement for like j- just like jump me while I swag around with my glasses in the hallway. Just wait in that fucking hallway. He's coming down the hallway. Don't worry. And he no, does not know you're there. Even the Pentagon then set up a fucking like death trap in his locker room, and he hit his eyes. Um, Misted. He had uh, Selena twice waiting for him just outside the door. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Chop, who's a great poster on yes. LP Forums, LPForums.com. Check that out, please, for a lot of great conversation. Posted recently a video of Ric Flair after the bounty was put on him by Harley Race. Is that somebody attacked him? I don't even remember who, Dick Murdoch or somebody maybe, but uh, Dick Murdoch's wrestling someone in the ring, and Ric Flair just like charges out. Through, through the fans, just like swinging a weapon wildly. He's got a neck brace on, his clothes are torn. He chases everyone out of the ring, and he's fighting them all up and down the aisle in all sorts of different places. He grabs a, promo, uh, a microphone and cuts a, a promo about this bounty that's been putting on him. That's what you do when someone is like, I want to pay people 
to destroy your career, to destroy your life. You get mad. You react. You make a scene. You don't just kind of like walk down the corridor like you're asleep and say, I'm a role model, you know? So it's ridiculous, man. It's just ludicrous. I love a bounty storyline, and I love this one. But, man, Shane Strickland, like he's dead inside already. What's the point of the bounty, you know? Maybe someone needs to jump him one time, and then maybe he'll take on a different Maybe, attitude. I would love it if he would prove me wrong, because I liked Killshot, honestly. Yeah. Um, so show me show me something, man. I would love it. Okay, yeah. so what he has right now, though, is Black Friday management. Low-key is waiting for him, calls him Mr. Strickland, asks him about how it was like to be champion. And he has a card, a business card, you know, because... He's heard about the bounty, and he's a little bit alarmed, and Black Friday management can do something about it. But we get a three-word response from the champion. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> there, goes that. there goes that tension. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, uh, it would have made sense for him to be wary. He didn't really even convey that very much, but it uh, made sense for him to be wary, since Loki yeah, literally cosplays as uh, the hitman from the video yes. game, so... I get that you're worried, but maybe convey that in more than, like, a few mumbles, so. It's so, uh, I don't even know what the problem is. So I guess as world champion, maybe you shouldn't really be afraid. You're the baby face. You're good. You can take care of yourself. But just, like you said, it's this, like, it's the way he conveys it. Like, he is asleep. That is the best analysis about this. <laughs> you know? Like, even, even if I want to poke my chest out, Maybe I'll be extra, extra pokey with the chest. Like, I'll be kind of, nah, man, I got this. Anybody wants to come at me, this is what's going to happen. But I'm not like, nah, I'm good. Whatever. It's whatever. You know, fucking, where's Rob Van Dam? We need to talk. <laughs> you know, come on, man. That's probably a slam on Rob Van Dam, honestly. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I don't get it. There are literally guys who, who walk around high all the time who have more, like, energy <laughs> than this guy. Like, literal wrestlers. Um, I don't know. I, is he... The only things I can think of, he's going for something different than what's coming across. Like, he's trying to be, like, aloof and, like, a little bit otherworldly, a little distant. He's trying to be, like, maybe a, a prince sort of thing or something. Like, I don't know, but it's not working. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's nothing. It's just nothing right now. Joey Janela, who was out partying, took more initiative with MJF's locker um, room. So, yep, yep. You know, sure. you're a world champion with a bounty on your head gotta mean something i can't tell you what but it's gotta mean something <laughs> it means he might get a little less nap time i don't know yeah. i hope we'll see it's coming Good something's gotta happen yeah for yeah. sure something's gotta give here so and man you know the other contest like we said this is twenty thousand dollars the other one is 250 so there should be a lot of people in that locker and trying to get paid off this. Hey, yeah, it's that little karate gi, man. If he wanted to do this, then yeah, he should like crash his car into Shane Strickland. <laughs> so yes. something's got to happen. Oh, man. Okay. We got ourselves a, a main event coming up. It's ACH versus Ray Phoenix. Yep. Yep. Which uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, like Phoenix, a little mixed on ACH. Before that, we see ACH and Rich Swan. Yes. They, they meet up. They're friends. Maybe they should wrestle each other. Maybe they should team up. I don't know. Is there a point to have a tag team in MLW? I, I feel like they don't have tag titles right now, but uh, maybe they will in the future. 
they have that tournament for the tag titles that they've been advertising. I just don't know when the hell it's going to happen. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that on this episode. Okay, here's one thing. Do you also have in this episode, like, 17 different ads for Jim Ross's little yes. comedy? Oh, my God, so annoying. <sighs> for God's sakes. That was, they have not done, like, they've reshowed a few promos before a couple times. Man, this was excessive. They need to cut that down. <laughs> Yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, a commercial with Jim Ross in the MLW? This is interesting. Then after that, oh, it just kept happening. Me. Oh, man. Jim Ross wants to come have a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird. Oh, jeez. Right. ACA says, how am I going to beat uh, Ray Phoenix? The question is, how is Ray Phoenix going to beat me? Probably by being a better wrestler, ACH, than you are. <laughs> I got Barrington Hughes' name down. Does he do something? Nope. Must have seen him in one of those repeated promos because uh, okay. <laughs> he is not at any part of this match. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, I, this match, I liked it okay. Uh, I think if you are going to have like this kind of flippy style, there's really very few people better at it than Phoenix. Um, and ACH, you know, he's got a few cool moves as well. Um, in the end, I didn't think it was a great match or anything, but there was some cool stuff about it, uh, so I, I wasn't opposed to this match by any means. No. Not a bad match. I would never say a bad match. Yeah. You know, not a great match. It's not the best match on the show, though. Not even close. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not the worst either. So it's right I think it's many bidding off Ray Phoenix's name, and that's okay. That's alright, yeah. No, Phoenix, like I said, he's great. Some good stuff. There's one thing in this match that I was not a fan of, and this is so common now in wrestling. It's one of my biggest, even more than like the flips and the dives, I think. So many people ask to get hit in wrestling today, uh, and Phoenix does in this match. He gets up, and he's like, ah, you got to chop me. He's standing there, and he's sticking his chest out, and he wants to get chopped, and I'm like, man, just don't do that, and maybe you'll win the match more easily. (laughs) Maybe you won't get beat up so bad. Like, Not every single wrestler needs to have this, like, Bushido fighting spirit where you got to prove you can take like a million chops or something like just just fight the guy just beat the guy if I were a wrestler or a manager or something I would be like I would try to have someone chop me and then when they tried I would like grab their arm and put them in a submission or something (laughs) they would never see it coming because every wrestler wants to get hit today and it makes no sense to me I think almost every complaint I have begins with not every wrestler has to. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many things that would work fine for yes. the right person in the right place at the right time. There's almost nothing that wouldn't work at some point in some scenario. But when it becomes like this trope that you just see everywhere and everyone yeah. does it, it's like, what is the point of this? You know, it's just too much. Okay, I'm going to try some pronunciations. Okay. Try Bruja, is that? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Barrington Hughes called Selena yeah. De La Renta Bruja, which means witch in Spanish, and he did that a few weeks ago, and for some reason we're still talking about it, so there you go. Because I think Rich used it, and Tony is like, are you going to call her that to her face? And he's like, I just said Barrington Hughes uh, says it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to cast shade on Barrington Hughes. Hey, you know what? Give me a Pentagon versus Barrington Hughes. Do mm. it. I dare you. Have her, have her send someone to take revenge on this minion of the guy that she's uh, she's dealing with. You know, yeah. I would love to see that. Intersect your stories and characters more, MLW. I dare you. Well, man, I, mean, I wasn't ready for that. That's exciting. <laughs> Pentagon and Barrington Hughes. 
It should be the first man to fall down and loses. <laughs> I like it. Because Pentagon, Pentagon can put himself in that little squat where it's hard to move him, you sure, know? Sure, sure. Let's do it. Throw a poor Barrington. Okay, yeah, this match, things you were saying, things I was saying. It was a match. It was all right. It's good. Phoenix ain't really got the chest for that either. So also maybe just just check, you know, just give yourself a good once over in the mirror and decide if you should be poking your chest out for people to assault it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Let's... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't get it. It's just such a common trope, and I really don't yes. appreciate it. If if you got one like a person who like their whole deal is like I need to prove I'm tough or they're fighting someone and they want to like prove themselves and just like just do it with context please if you do it every time I don't even know what you're doing. I also don't really understand why Phoenix is kind of like a baby face but he still is represented by Selena. Okay, I wasn't even gonna mention it, but I'm still totally opposed to this whole Selena being associated with Pentagon and Phoenix. I agree. There's nothing about it. That has context that makes sense. Uh, they need to split up in a dramatic way soon. Um, and I think they will because I know Conan gets involved at some point. And I'm waiting for that. Like, I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, it, it's not a good fit. Selena needs some different clients that are going to be more like in her lane. That's what I want to see. She needs Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, yes. <laughs> that goes without saying. Every promotion needs uh, an Abdullah the Butcher type. Because I, I I think about all these people who might try to fulfill the bounty. I feel like Barrington Hughes could just stand in front of Shane Strickland and it wouldn't happen. But then he ain't standing in front of when Abdullah Butcher comes out with a pencil. You know? Oh, boy. So maybe get Abdullah the Butcher. Maybe that's what we'll see. We'll see next week will be Abdullah the Butcher and the Yellow Dog in MLW. <laughs> and hopefully Battle Bowl. And, yeah, uh... of course. <laughs> This is a kind of baby face, like they have a good match. I, it gets better towards sections of it to me where they kind of turn it up a little bit, but it's still kind of, I beat you, but just barely, and we shake hands at the end of the match type thing. Mm. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And they, it's so weird because Selena's like the devil and putting bounties on people's heads, and and Phoenix is managed by her and shaking people's hands after the match. <laughs> I don't get what's going on here. Yeah, no, I don't understand it either. So, like I said, that needs to split because it's not it's not scanning right now. Not scanning, he said. Yep. Okay. All right, so Phoenix gets the win. So tune in next week to see how that affects the real top ten. Um, and uh, yeah, the first win for Phoenix on Fusion, I think. So yeah. So maybe gonna get a little more shine. Although I think you are correct that we're gonna see more tag teaming. Because I'm looking ahead, and the next episode is called Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix versus the World. So nice. putting them together is uh, how it's going to be. Maybe this will be a first chance to see if I can like Pentagon as a character in, in, in storylines when he's part of the Lucha Brothers. We shall see. Uh, I'd be curious as well. Um, if uh, we want to look at the lineup for next week. We have MJF on the program wrestling, which I'm a big fan of. He's taking on MVP, so I can only hope he wins that match because MVP I have no interest in in 2018-2019. We have another Simon Gotch prize fight challenge, which I'm excited for. And we also, I'm sorry to contradict your uh, tournament idea, but we have uh, a match for the vacant MLW tag team titles. So I don't know if that tournament happened without us seeing it. Or if the tournament is just this one match, it is a three-way tag match of uh, the Dirty Blondes, 
the Lucha Brothers, and uh, Jason yeah. Cade and Jimmy Utah, who apparently are still together, and I doubt they're going to win. So, I mean, you know who's going to win looking at that match, but uh, yeah. I guess we shall see how it goes. They, I know that they've talked on more than one occasion about the tag tournament. That's all I can tell you. No, I I have a vague memory of that as well, so I really don't know if that happened without us seeing it, in which case, boo, you should have shown us some of it at least, uh, or maybe if it was just scrapped for some reason. So we will have tag champions on the next show, and I'm pretty sure you can tell who they're going to be. That's still a weird name of the show. I like that. That struck me as they're coming in and just like being the shit out of everybody. Right. Like, yeah. And now just being like in a, a three way yeah. tag match. Okay. At least a lot of my the people I enjoy are on the show. Yeah. No. For sure. There's some good stuff going on. So uh, I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. Episode nine next week of MLW Fusion: The Legacy Series. Absolutely. Um. All right. Is there anything else that we want to go over? I think that might be about it. That's it for me. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. As I mentioned a few times, I'm on Twitter. I'm at SpectralGen. Give me a shout. Give me a follow. Talk about the show. Talk about anything. Hope you also check out great programs on LOP Radio. Got a lot of really high-quality programs, not the least of which being the Global Revolution, coast by myself and my good buddy Jeff, where we talk about a lot of other promotions in the modern day, try to cover all that stuff in real time. Also got Kingdom of Honor, covering a lot of the same uh, stuff that we're talking about. Uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, some AEW stuff as well. Goes by uh, Zanman and his buddy. Um, also, uh, Right Side of the Pond, Perfect Ten Wrestling, Sports Entertainment is Dead. The Doc Says has returned. Definitely check that out. A lot of great stuff going on right now, so do check that out. Also, LordsofPain.net and LOPforums.com for a lot of great written material. Uh, we're just finishing up uh, recently the King of the Columns tournament. We're also doing uh, DOA right now, which is a creative writing series uh, that I hope that you guys will check out. A lot of really fun stuff going on in there. That is everything. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with more AEW, more uh, Ring of Honor, MLW, NWA, all sorts of things all over the place. We're going to bring it all to you. Thanks for joining us. Mystic, take us away. Absolutely. Until next time, and especially if you were offended by all those rants, don't let the legacy be dictated to you. Rewatch, revisit, rewrite. I saw an undiscovered creature climbing on the mountainside. You know that no one else believed me. About that, with green eyes and white stripes and salted tears, I knew that these were just its cautionary features. Keep telling myself nothing to fear. It's just an undiscovered creature coming up to meet ya. He's the one that's scared. It's just an undiscovered creature. Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered creature The undiscovered creature I never saw this one in books Or heard a myth of it Looks like it came from underwater I thought I'd seen Every life 
here it is An undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered stripes and salted tears I knew that these were just its cautionary features keep telling myself nothing to fear it's just an undiscovered creature coming up to meet ya he's the one that's scared it's just an undiscovered creature coming up to meet